0: Hey friend, welcome to the first episode of the Chase Reeves Podcast, or what I'm affectionately calling Travel Light, because I think life gets better with less baggage, you know, but some things are worth holding on to, just matters how you carry them, right? <laughs> so this is not, not where I'm going to be talking about bags and backpacks, that's what I do on YouTube, I review a lot of bags and backpacks and things like that, but here I want to talk about more of the meaningful things in life, you know what I mean? I want to talk about, like, uh, what are you doing for work? I want to talk about staying motivated. I want to talk about helping our relationships to really thrive. I want to talk about finding some passion and staying motivated. I want to talk about all of it. This episode, we're talking to Corbett Barr. He's one of my good friends, someone I did business with for a long time. He knows about the state of independent media, okay? Now you can be a little guy or gal out there in the world or you know, or whatever, whatever you want to be called, and you can compete directly with... The massive media agencies, for example. But is that going to be the lifestyle that you're really going to want? That's the kind of stuff that we get into. If you're interested in uh, in building your own business or doing anything online, this conversation's for you. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. It's, uh, it's, I don't know if I, I – like I've started just recording intros even if I don't use it. Yeah because it kind of gets
1: but it's hard it's hard to get your hair exactly right the next time.
0: You know, people that. will be able to tell <laughs> if it's not dude. the same day. Seriously, you're you're you have no idea. <laughs> There's no way to fake it. <laughs> it's totally it. It's like, "Hey, I'm Corbett. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm Chase hey. Reeves today I'm talking to Corbett Bar what I'm excited about and then then I can go into some B-roll. I just got to try to get the voice to sound the same."
1: Yeah, I know it sounds different every day, right?
0: That's why background music. Mm. That's oh, it. Oh,
1: you use Heavy background music. If you got a horse voice, it, that does,
0: day. it doesn't even need to be all that heavy. Just enough, like to to trick the ears. The ears Just are pretty keep easy people, to trick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are easy to trick. It turns out.
0: <laughs> well, let's start there. <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you're right. People are easy to trick. Like, yeah, we, we live in a world where people are easy to trick. We can be sucked into different directions, right? So, one of the things that you've been writing about recently is. Let me get this quote out because I really, I really have been liking some of the things you've been writing, first of all. Fuck, and I don't want to just jump right in, but that was a kind of a good place to <laughs> – to, it kind of caught me there. Normally okay, there's
1: more How's Your Father.
0: Yeah, we'll get more How's Our Father later. Um, so you wrote this. I read in the New York Times recently about a right-wing pundit who generates more monthly engagement online – Then the New York Times, the Washington Post, and CNN combined. Then you say, politics aside, let that sink in for a minute. In what world do we live in where an independent publisher can not just compete but win against the biggest, most established, and well-funded media outlets in the richest country in the world? You go on to say it's the publishers who are desperately courting independent creators who bring both the audience and the relevance – with them, to me, this is like this. Uh, this, for some reason, plays into this. We're really easy to, uh, really easy to bamboozle. Or really whatever. easy to to trick
1: people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying people are tricked, but I, I've like, I took a whole step back from social media, finally. And and actually, it's not as if I took a step back. I had already taken a step back. I had not really been publishing much on social mm. media for a long time, mm-hmm. and. I think we we just we get into patterns of how we use technology, how we mm. use Twitter, how we use everything out of curiosity at first, you kind of just you 're like oh what's this app everybody's talking about you you load it up, and next thing you know you 're kind of just doing what everybody else does, yeah. going along with the flow to see yeah. what happens yeah and and you blink and like five or ten years have go have gone by since you 've been on Twitter or whatever, and I just wasn 't feeling good every time I was in those in those places anymore and I think it's because I was just kind of going through the motions not having any just letting it do what it wanted to me versus me like using it for some sort of purpose
0: well when I think of like successful media in the world right now like the biggest example to me is that um, social dilemma documentary Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've listened to Tristan Harris before yeah he's the guy on that right yeah like kind of the main guy they think they're like hey hey Just a quick note to say that the show notes for this episode you are going to find in your podcast app. You can just find the little notes there. I tend to be pretty meticulous about linking to things like this example of the Social Dilemma documentary. Did you see that? Like, I forget how many millions of people in the world ended up seeing that. Anyways, we talk about it in this. Just so you know, that is in the show notes, as well as links to our sponsors. Let me handle a little business real quick. First off, this episode is brought to you by Western Rise. Western Rise makes the world's most... Versatile clothing. Their evolution pants are comfortable, high performance, very versatile. You can use them in the boardroom. You could use them in the boardroom too, bro. Like after, you know, work and you go ahead to you, your board. So you go grab your board and you go boarding, bro. Uh, they don't wrinkle, they don't smell, they don't stain, they stretch in every direction. These things have seriously changed the way that I dress. Um, they're water and stain resistant. There's a back pocket with a zipper. A hidden zipper back pocket for your wallet, as well as phone pocket and stuff like this. So, like these are, listen. The thing about Western Rise, like as I'm doing this, I'm wearing their jacket right now, which which was was probably out of stock. Would you go look on their website? Is my favorite jacket of like ever. I live in this jacket. There are X cotton T-shirts. I actually really dig them because they're a little bit thicker. And plain, no logos or anything like that. These people are making very, very well-designed clothes, like meaning down to the threads, down to the things they're making their clothing out of. Okay, so you can get ten percent off today at Western Rise by going to westernrise.com/slash chase. That's westernrise.com/slash chase, and use the code chase. That's my name: C H A S E. The link is in the podcast show notes. Like I said, you can just click it right there. And we have another podcast sponsor, my beloved Packed Pact, who I partnered with to make a travel backpack. Listen, Pact was born out of a love for travel, and they have a goal to keep it simple so that you can experience more. Every item at Pact is obsessively designed and built to last. Listen, I got to see this firsthand. I went to Vietnam with these people when we partnered together to make their travel backpack. I wanted to work with them after I reviewed their duffel bag, the Pact 1. If you need a duffel bag, this one is epic. It splits in two just like the backpack does. So you have two separate main compartments. This is sort of the the main conceit of this bag. It's it's epic for for traveling in. Okay? So, you can visit PackedBags.com. That's P-A-K-T. All right? bags.com, And use code chase ten. For 10% off your order uh, at Pact. Okay, now they have the travel backpack. They have the duffel bag, the Packed 1. They also have a travel coffee kit. If you are traveling all the time and you get a little fussy about your coffee, check that out. Thanks to PactBags.com. Again, coupon code Chase10. Thank you to Western Rise and to Pact for supporting my launch here. These are some of my favorite partners. I'm so stoked! Please uh, support these sponsors. They they actually they're amazing people to work with. All right, let's get back into the conversation where we're talking about that documentary, the social dilemma. As to me, an example of piece of modern media that is exceptional. You've listened to Tristan Harris before. Yeah, he's the guy on
1: that, right? On yeah, like kind of the wanna,
0: main yeah. guy. They think they're like he's like I made a presentation at Google and it, <laughs> we passed it around, and right. he's, I like this guy a lot. He's like a he's like a he's like a young philosopher of ethics or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, but the dude has been into crazy. He's like he's just he's smart. But what he was talking about in one of the interviews I listened to, I listened to him on Rogan and I listened to him on Sam Harris, is the number of people who have seen that documentary. It's unbelievable. I can't – I wish I had the numbers in front of me. It was like 30 million people yeah, like, within the I first weekend. It broke all of Netflix records, yeah. it, which is like – which is saying something, you know? So the the um, the idea of successful media being seen by lots and lots of people, but then it being this very sort of like heavy medicine is yeah. what's in there. It's like, hey, just, just so you know – yeah you've been the you've been the product here, but we've also trained your behavior here so easily right and it's like it's like we have
1: and and obviously companies have been doing this forever with advertising right like manipulating yep. you into buying their product, but now they're just trying to manipulate you so that you spend as much attention as possible on these platforms yep. so that they can earn more advertising dollars from you and they're doing this all behind the scenes, and I love in that that movie where they're kind of showing like. There's that guy from Mad Men, and he's he's playing like three different parts. Yeah, and he's he's like, oh shit, you know, it says on his calendar he's been on a break, but he's not on the platform. Like, what's going on? We better send him a little notification, and then you know they ding your phone, and oh shit, yeah, I better like you know. And you see him
0: missing out on like real life situations, yeah, like liking the girl. Or connecting yes. with the with the with the person of the opposite sex or whatever, and uh, because it's like ding ding oh, and then the engagement that's sim- that same engagement is happening online, but it's it's way cheaper, you know. And the the,
1: the dude I forget his name, but with, with the the dreads in that movie, yes. <laughs> fucking, there's, a, there's a guy, the <laughs> Muppet, the like <laughs> he is like a Jim Henson character, <laughs> totally. But he says he says that um, God, what did he say? our connections now have become primary online. Yeah. So a lot of people that you know in your life, you know first and foremost from online and not so much from offline. And like in the, in the situation where you're missing out on the connection with the girl, sometimes you almost feel like it's not real unless you're hooked up online. you got a paper trail.
0: you got a paper trail. I mean like think about how I like my relationship with my parents, how I keep in touch with them. Yeah. That's, that 's all I think of, okay, so I think of the difference between digital uh the digital world or the online world it's really it's just it 's like just it's a different it 's like a different dimension from where I am r- right now, like where i 'm not actually in the room with you, yes, but we're having a conversation which really trips me out, you know what I mean like it we're does. in different places, so it 's this And the same thing when I talk talk to my dad or talk to my mom or send them texts or have a group thread somewhere or something. These are my, like, primary family of origins people – and my like how my psychology was shaped and like will continue to be over time as i unpack whatever my little brain recorded up until i was 7 or whatever. Yeah. And like where i look for like longevity on the on the i don't know you just look for like who am i in life you know it's it's hard it's like it's hard not to look at your parents but then we yes. have to like kind of get beyond, get beyond that. But here's our primary relationship in so many ways, right? I know. Online, digitally. And now because of like the pandemic, having Zoom
1: conversations has become normal. All these kids like are taking school from home. And so they're getting Mm. used to interacting with people through video on your screen as opposed to in real life. I don't think we've realized how profound a change has happened to us in humanity over the span of, I mean, obviously the internet, but even more recently because of social media and now because of accelerated because of the pandemic, we're all online so much. And it's just not natural,
0: yeah.
1: and it's also not normal to have every thought that you've ever scribbled or doodled out yeah. in the world for the public to be able to see for yeah. all time. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's all evil or it's all bad, and I think you can watch that film and feel like that, yeah. and, and I'd love to chat with you about what it means as a creator, not just as a consumer, because I think yeah. that movie comes at it a lot from the consumer's standpoint. Consumer. Yeah, Right. And so there's obviously use to people like us who are creating things.
0: I was just thinking about this with like, I've never done this before, but can I put a song on Spotify and Apple music? Can I just do that so that anybody with those two apps w- could search and find my song? I think so. Yeah. I think Why I not? can do that. I don't think I have to have like a, a manager to do that. I don't think so. No. That is actually fucking huge. Spotify, or Apple Music. If I could just put it in those two places, I can cover such a wide range of my at least my country. You
1: can you can cover how like 80% of people consume their music these days, right?
0: That is a huge fucking network like advanced, like access to a network like that is massive. And so that's like the that was always the door to entry. That was always these like these hippies with the long hair going like, man, it's going to change everything. We're going to connect totally. digitally, and it, so it was it was the
1: the access to the people that yeah. was one of the big barriers, and then the other barrier was the production quality, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's all changed. Obviously, you're right. like you're making incredible videos at home, but also if you want to record an album, you have access to the exact same tools that yeah. that pros are using, and now again because of this damn pandemic. Yeah. You watch and the people on network TV when they have to be on a Skype interview, it sucks. When oh, yeah. when they're on Zoom, you're like That's the room you chose, that boomy, (laughs) echoey piece of shit where you can't even see because you're backlit and you're using like your, your like ear pods as your Mm -hmm. microphone. Totally. And this is all stuff that we've learned and we're actually better at that now than they (laughs)
0: are. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's a big deal. And, and watching that at the beginning of the pandemic was like a mind bender to me because I'm watching this news footage and seeing exactly what you're talking about, and I'm watching every gatekeeper be like be chopped down to exactly the same level as anybody that has ever gone through Fizzle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. Anybody who's ever tried to like you know get, uh, what what like get like write a blog, uh, let alone like any of the any of the the quickest easiest ways to do a course is like you just fire up. Your, your home rec- your <laughs> computer and you're just recording a yeah. simple video. Melissa has bought some courses like that with people who have like – I know. That you're like, like, I spent $300 and it's like just somebody on their laptop and with she loved no it. other equipment. She yeah. loved it. She was like, oh, shit, because th- it was like a doctor and like t- really teaching some shit. So the information yeah. was super interesting and legit because this is back to like old school, original, where you started so much of, of your messaging just in the sense of expertise. Like Mm. finding expertise, like learning how to do the stuff, how to set up the room, how to get a mic that sounds decent, right? A little bit about lighting. Okay, yeah. Now that that's done, (laughs) what it was shocking.
1: (laughs) It was shocking to see all of these like famous people at home. And yeah. in some ways it was cute initially. Yeah. You know, to see like, oh, Jimmy Fallon on, on Zoom or whatever.
0: Yeah. But then Colbert but then I, Stephen Colbert, Colbert I, I, I he was the only guy I really tapped into and I was like, What are they what 'cause I watched I because I was looking for who's doing this well. Yeah. Colbert was doing interesting stuff. Hassan Minaj is still mm. and was doing interesting stuff.
1: Unfortunately and his show was cancelled.
0: Was, was just Patriotac canceled. Cancelled? Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's no episodes, bro. I yeah. today was just taking notes on his election one, which was which yeah. happened after the primaries. It was a while ago. It was in June, uh, and I found myself literally taking notes. I was like, "This is so good." I take notes on his stuff because I just tweeted this out because I was like. It feels like I'm in the right. It feels like I can hear. I can hear the whispers of the writers when I take notes on like what they're showing and how. Like how the story they're developing is going. Like what are the bullet points that they're actually hitting? What are the categories? For me, the question of like how did they craft this essay, this video essay that's actually got my attention and mm-hmm. is teaching me shit? And it's it's kind of funny, but for me, I love. I feel like I'm just learning stuff. It's really. Yeah. It's just. I'm just. I just need you to pour this news into me.
1: Totally, and I feel like there's going to be a place for whoever's on the cutting edge of that being able to be entertaining and educational at the same time. Yeah. But they also kind of churn through those. It seems like, especially mm-hmm. on the political shows, they kind mm-hmm. of churn through those people. They yeah. have a show for a couple of years, and yeah. then it just doesn't quite take hold, and they they move on.
0: This is why but, I'm convinced it's like, dude, I'm convinced it's you know that age old conversation around: Do you pick a do- domain name that's like more of a company or your brand, or 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 do you just use your name? You know? Yeah,
1: so that you can kind of go wherever you want right and
0: do you and the question of do you really want to own everything which makes it harder up front than you know partnering with a cnn or a fox or something like that for example yeah they can just get you but you but like or you can just start on your own and try to build an audience in the time of more noise so much more noise corbett than than when you and i started out so much noise, much more
1: so much noise for sure um It's interesting, though, like in in that essay you were talking about earlier that I wrote, this idea that a lot of people that we come to know now on the networks are getting their start doing their own thing. And Mm. usually there's a long backstory. Like obviously Joe Rogan has been podcasting for 10 years or whatever before he gets this mega deal on Spotify.
0: Which was such a validating deal. I couldn't even believe it. For him and for podcasting, for podcasting, both. for fucking meatheads, for people, for like anybody with a name, right? Yeah, it's, for bros, it, it's like for bro science, like for sure for bro science. But just this hundred million dollars for what? For a. a like for a guy who started a podcast like you're saying 10 years ago just just having conversations basically with his friends as they yeah. got stoned or whatever and then it, it, it like you know and it's and it's evolved past past there but that was just such a like oh such a it was such a specific number to validate the industry it just like to me it it created the the market of uh of podcasting real estate you it's, know it, it
1: really sets a bar for sure
0: so that's a massive bar, but sorry, I was interrupting you. We were talking about we. I, I can't. We were talking about like names, like picking your name, or just yeah.
1: And so, just just this idea that you know, Lily Singh gets a show on NBC, and, yeah, and she's the first person to break a bunch of barriers. She's the first. She's the first BI person. Mm. She's the first like Asian Indian person to have a late night show. Like, yeah. and and there have been very few women in general it's like the white jimmies right you've got the jimmy found you know all these white dudes on there and and that came because she had a show and built her own following but also because she was able to prove without having a gatekeeper that she was relevant and that people were interested in tuning in and not that i follow her necessarily and i didn't really follow a lot of people that i was talking about in that article but i nonetheless find them fascinating yeah and you know, when you were talking about, like, do you start on a network or do you start with your own thing? Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's still the ultimate power to have your own audience right. following you. Right. And you still have the danger of any platform being able to pull the rug out from under you at any mm-hmm. time. It could be YouTube. It could be you could get fired from your CNN show, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you have a following, especially, I mean, the channels you can own right now are email. Mm-hmm. podcasting, and yeah. your own website, right? Because yeah. those are those are these old school yeah. protocol-based mm-hmm. things that are open. And that's the beauty of what the internet was originally. And think yeah. about, they made these decisions like 40 years ago about what email was going to be yeah. and how it operated. Yeah. And everybody set up their own servers everywhere, so no one can own it. Yeah. But all the other platforms can pull the rug out from under you, And the same thing is true of a network. So as a creator, you have to be smart like use those platforms, sure i mean there 's millions of people there. Get their attention, but yeah. then once you have their attention, bring them elsewhere so that you know yeah. your eggs aren 't all in one basket we 've talked about that forever, but it was just, like
0: we talk, I talked about that before I really knew it. you know it was yeah. just like it was already a trope. In the world of blogging, because we we're just we we're little, we we're small, and it's like, what do little and small guys do? Well, we, well, we, we can cre- we can build it from scratch. We can own it. We can we can put it together ourselves, or 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 hire someone for not that expensive to put it together. But it's, but it was built on this like web surfing. It was before the age of social media in the same way, and then we went through the wave of social media, right? And that shifted everything. Where it's like, oh, interesting. I remember James Clear saying. Do you really think if you were starting right now, you would even do a website or would you just have it completely live on like Instagram and you'd have an email list? Like that's it. Yeah. You wouldn't even, and, and there's so much truth to that now, to that idea of a strategy. Because what I think we're in tension with is we can't do everything we want to do. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta focus. You got to focus on something. You got to drive deep. So, this lady that you're saying, who's the first Indian bisexual border breaking like uh, person to get a uh, uh, a late night show, right? Like, how how ferocious did she have to be in her vision, or just how incessant did she have to be in her creative uh, like rhythms? Right, it's like a nonstop. Just look at the way that the ocean is just breaking constantly. It's just coming in, going out, coming in, going out, and And that to me is—you start to realize, like
1: after a while, that that is everything. Yeah, the creative rhythm, because you know it's like a a a drip can bore a hole through a rock after years or centuries. And you're just not going to make progress by like jumping into one platform and posting a few things and then leaving. It's like, yeah. I mean, you know better than anybody now on YouTube. It's like a grueling
0: pace to set, terrible. dude. It's so, <laughs> and there's more th- thoughtful content made by YouTubers on that very topic hmm. than uh, than anyone really knows until you're in it and you realize how much seeing a piece of content like that where someone's talking about is like. Yeah, it's just nonstop. It's just it's just grueling because because the with video content, I mean, the way that they one of the like back to the the, the uh, Jim Henson character who uh, in the in the Social Dilemma documentary who just had some of the most brilliant thing. I'm like that guy right there is the textbook fucking burner, and I'm like that's why I fucking love burners. Yeah, sometimes. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's. Yeah. There's that kind of futurist, grounded, philosophical, it, like rational, but like but kind of non-dual character, and but he's experienced in these conversations for so long that hearing him totally. talk was like a masterclass. Like every word was just so considered.
1: And I think I think you have to I think you have to consider someone's. You know, people can make a convincing argument. Yeah, you know, in the, that guy makes a convincing argument. The rest of the people that, who had worked at all the tech companies make convincing arguments about yeah. Yeah. our relationship to social media. But you always have to consider their background, their motivations, their all incentives, that kind of stuff. And so, their incentives. incentives, and so so that dude, you know. Um, the Jim Henson guy, which mm-hmm. I feel horrible that
0: we don 't know his name because we 're just like dragging him under the bus I, it's, it, I feel like it, I, maybe, it's like maybe Justin, but i don 't know every, every part of it every part of it helps right the whole we 're constructing an image of this guy in the collective unconscious, right so yeah. everybody who has seen this movie, which yeah. it 's by the way one of the most viewed movies in the, in the history of fucking the world at this point, is now clearly seeing him in their mind. And yeah. also not knowing the name, so I feel like we're doing a good thing, burning his image into us. It's a little more of a of a of a like subconscious totally. patterning. And he,
1: he wrote a book called like ten reasons to delete your social media
0: account right. right now. That's right. And,
1: and you can read that and go, fuck it. Like this everything is screwed. Yeah. And I'm not gonna be a pawn in their yeah. game. Yeah, right? Yeah. And and so you you pull the cord and delete everything. Yeah and i think we've all had that urge and of course after this movie came out so many people you know just left whatever and i and yeah. in a lot of cases if you're just a passive consumer you're not really publishing anything and you feel crappy whenever you get on and use yeah. instagram or whatever sure delete the account like who cares you're yeah. you're going to be happier probably totally but if you're a creator and you're trying to build an audience or yeah. get a message out yeah Or you just have something that you think is important to say. That's where everyone is, and that's how you grow an audience these days. And so to do that without being on social media, I think it's totally possible, but it takes longer, and it's – and. it's hard to find examples. How of How is done it, it well.
0: possible? It's possible from the perspective of maybe being a social activist in your local environment. You're getting people together. In the time of coronavirus, that's out the window, right? What are you right. doing? Flyers? Are you sending actual mailers out to people? Well, that's expensive. You got to pay for every one of those things, right? Totally. Uh, like there really isn't. I want to tag on what you were saying. Like not only if you want to be a creator then these tools are right here, which are actually like are the gatekeepers for reaching people. But what I'm learning, what I'm seeing more and more is that that is the fucking vision that people have. That's the dream they're they're dreaming. Like I meet people who have not been working in the fields that you and I have been working in for the last decade. And they're dreaming this dream of like, yeah, I mean, cause you can just put your work online now. Like that's where I want to build my audience. And Mm -hmm. that's where I want, it's like, it's now, um, without having to think about it, it's, it's almost a reflex to dream for that, right? And I feel like one of the things I learned being uh, a sort of a servant to so many people trying and attempting and, and so many of them making it, and so, so many of them didn't. You yeah. know what I mean? And so there's a very rea- there's a reality there. It's like, how many people want to be Mick Jagger? And how many people are, right? Which, like, let's make that more of an industry conversation. Okay, so how many people want to be in a successful band? And how many people are? There's a, there's not nobody. There's a lot of people there. But if I look at that ratio for an industry, the number mm-hmm. of people who want to be that thing, like a journalist, for example, and the number of people who are successfully and, and sustainably doing that. Right. That's just this ratio that some industries yes. are really bad compared to they others. They
1: are. And it's it's so different now on social media because of a few things. I mean, think about it. If okay, let's say you're talking about a musician just twenty years ago. If you wanted you could say how many people could fill a stadium like yeah. to be Mick Jagger? Yeah. You know, like 10 a year or 20 a year or something. Yeah. But then you go down the line and it's like, well, how many people can play in front of 10 people in a coffee shop? And there used to be a lot of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there were, you know, a decent number of those and very few Mick Jaggers, but now because of social media, think about how many people you're exposed to on a daily basis sitting at home in front of your, your laptop like yeah. watching videos and, totally. and so on. And just before the internet, you would maybe have one of those experiences a day, and that's because you went to watch somebody play music or yeah. you went to watch a talk yeah. or whatever. And But now it's just like, bam, 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 we're consuming this all day long. And so there's room for a lot more people to succeed in that way
0: on a slightly smaller scale. How? How, though? Because, because okay, this is my only theory on, or one theory on how. Tell me what you think about this. How is... Someone sees your stuff and they really fucking vibe with it. And then they like, they want to see you a little bit more than, than, than the vast majority of other people that they're having in their feed, but they have other people in their feed. But somehow this relationship is formed where I like you more. Okay. That's a purely social sort of example of that. Well, or there's another example where it's like you, I need such specific information. I need something so specific. I'm just trying to pass my GED, and I, I'm doing that for a very set time. I have a campaign for that, yeah. right? A campaign means it's like it's got a time limit. Like once I pass yeah. my GED, this is no longer a project for me, right? So I've got a campaign for this. And so there's time-based, very specific projects where you can basically, quote, you know, hire a teacher in some form, whether it's a course or an actual tutor or a book that you just follow. And you know, there's so many different ways that you can you can achieve that goal of passing the GED, for example, or something. Um, So I just I'm I'm curious about these. What any are there other ways or or say more about those ways this idea that like people like resonate with you more to me I have Mm. this this idea that resonate it's like one of the chapters in my book resonance resonates (laughs) You know what I mean? Like resonance yeah. is what's resonating, right? So, so what is the what is resonate? I mean, you clearly you wrote this. You wrote these three quick, simple little essays, really quick, and you showed in one of them you linked to this picture of your inbox. There's like hundreds of people going, like, dude, just responding. They resonated. Yeah. Yes. What yes. is that? What have you learned yeah. about what resonance? Is
1: that? What is that? That it's interesting, right? And it's like um, resonance on. A topic is different from resonance with a person, mm. right? So, mm. in some cases, I think people are just so charismatic and entertaining that you might vibe with them, even if they're talking about, say, travel bags, for example, or <laughs> <laughs> or, or just just you know a topic that right. you might not think that you'd be really into.
0: Totally. And, which and so, for is, for example, example like you're, somebody, you're, I, I laugh because this is something we, you and I both know. Like, I've heard that message a lot. Like, I've, we, get, we see the comments, just like, I don't know why I just watched 45 minutes on a fucking bag that I'm not even going to buy. Like, like I, I knew this, I wasn't going to buy it. Somebody sent me this YouTuber who basically uh,
1: just reviews and tests different multimeters, which is like an, <laughs> an electronics tool where you'd like check voltages. And he's Australian mm-hmm. and he's hilarious. And you you can find yourself just watching videos about this, even though you don't care. Oh my god! And if you were into that topic at all, then yeah.
0: it's like done. This guy yeah. done. No but you can also in- see how limiting the the like the multimeter voltage tester like fragment of the market is. You would think, buddy, go look this dude up. It's a lot bigger than you would think. Well, not me. Mean- no, I mean, I like I lived it, right? I am li- yeah. I am living it, right? Where it's just this question of one of the topics that was perennial for yeah. for you before we even did fizzle and then inside of fizzle for so long is this question of niching down like how much and right. we were always looking for a kind of science of it but the truth is from the start it was always like well here's examples on all the different sides of this so this is not a defining factor necessarily Right. But it does play an important role for a lot of people, and for me, for example, the bags for like that was just something I I found myself already doing because I wanted to perform or something I guess like mm-hmm. I, and and I don't have to write a script. You just kind of start going, and then you're recording and doing this thing. But like the 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 experience of being in a niche. It's a very real experience. Like you can get traction, but then you're going to tra- – you're, you're at some point – like life is so much like these experiences of transcending those yes. sort of Truman Show like containers that we make totally. out of life, right? Totally. Yeah, and so in your case, you – it's not like you sat down and did
1: some evaluation and decided like this is my niche,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it just it, happened to it, to it
1: happened to you because of curiosity. This is like we always used to quote this Brené Brown thing, right? Mm. About following your curiosity. Because yeah. so many people, no, that uh, was, Liz it was Liz
0: Gilbert. Liz Don't Gilbert. Don't follow your passion. Follow your curiosity.
1: Yes, exactly. Liz Gilbert. So you followed your curiosity, and and you came to this so honestly because those are the, I remember those are the two
0: patron saints. <laughs> <laughs> the two pe- yeah. two white women patron saints of creativity. <laughs> so <I'm sorry. laughs> totally, I was just laughing because it's like, yeah, that's the that's those are the two right there. We're confusing them yeah. for each other. <laughs> we made that mistake enough times that I'm
1: never going to get it right. It's right. Know. And so so you, I remember you were into bags, and the crazy thing is, it comes from your damn childhood because your dad got into travel bags, and it just I never think and of it that just, I know, and it just came. But you watched travel bags start to become a thing and this niche grew and grew and grew. And now, and then you started knowing these cool guys who were like making their own bags and shit. And it became a massive segment of the market because of travel. And because all of us, digital nomading, all that shit, it just, it kind of, it went with it. So there's a huge difference, I think, between trying to like scientifically choose a niche that you think is going to become popular versus following your curiosity being immersed in it and then growing along with it yeah but regardless the answer of like what's the right niche or how small should my niche be yeah. there is no answer because every niche is going to have a different size it takes while a while for them to develop yeah. and you may end up feeling a little restricted or trapped by it mm. and that's totally fine because once you've built something yeah. you can move on to something else it's yeah. you know it's like like Gary V with wine,
0: yep. He totally dumped that, and he does. And God I think knows what I now. think we're going to see people dumping or creating in a way. I think maybe I'm already seeing this. I'm trying to see if I have an example, but like creating in a way. So I'm making a project. I'm basically finished with that, and that is in a specific niche topic of some kind. And then I, you know, I kind of clo- like you finish the book. You know you just you fin it you 're done with it now, right, so this old school model of publishing books, one of the things that 's yeah. interesting is younger than millennials are actually reading books mm-hmm. that 's one of the one of these graphs that I saw where it 's like, oh shit, like baby boomer like they read more books than baby boomers compared to other sources of media, obviously, people are on screens, obviously people are on the internet, and people are you know hitting all of these different uh, platforms on on their devices, but just the fact that like you know, my kid, my kids and and like all of the groups of kids that I see in the world are they're like Harry Potter is still very much a thing, right? Like there's there's a I bunch know. of books like that that it's like okay because parents we're like we're like read some shit, you know what I mean? Like like yeah, like, get
1: your face out of the iPad
0: totally and and just straight into your imag like and make, go outside. make up pictures, make up pictures yeah. to go with these interesting stories. I don't know what the what the outcome of that's going to be, but the the point I'm bringing up books for is that. That was always the fucking model, man. That was the model before news organizations. Yeah. That was the model before uh, before any of this, like sort of you know selling advertising yeah. model, right? It was it was it was you. And, and what do you do with the book? You fucking finish it, and then it's this massive distribution channel that's like y- you're not gonna edit. you can't go to Des Moines and over there and over there to fix and edit and change like the book's done, no. dude. You're done and. And for the most part, like you have to feel like a book is
1: good enough to exist on its own. It's like, it's like raising a child. Yeah. Eventually they're out in the world on their own and you got to feel like you did a good enough job for that thing to live. Yeah. You know, that book to exist. And now we're on social media, just like throwing junk out there against the wall, seeing if it works or not. And, you know, we don't have to feel like any of it's good enough to exist forever.
0: Okay. this, This makes me think of with you, you've built companies. What's interesting about a company? A company is any like you know. Think of the military term "company." Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, send, let's send two companies over there, and one will go to the to the left side of the ridge, one will go to the right. And then we'll start making repairs on the outside. You know, it's like a company is like from this old French word. I, I love looking into the etymology of that stuff, but like our company fizzle wasn't wasn't massive it wasn't wasn't huge but it was more yep. than just you it was more than just me mm-hmm. and we had this partnership at the core and then we were we were really intelligent and strategic about bringing people into and lucky about bringing people into that right creating an, a a kind of a, a sense of morale and a sense of 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 direction right sure, and nation. then and then, yeah. harnessing the energy of of these people to be like, okay work, work with us, help us solve some of these problems, help us develop in this direction right I really love th- I really love uh, companies right it's one of the things that I find um separates me from a lot of the intelligentsia or super liberal friends that I have because there's just such a sense of hating hating companies of uh, hating mm-hmm. like everything's so bad, but like you know and I don't want to say the few bad apples thing, but like it's it, it there are there's just at the core of it for me, I see these little indie businesses, these little groups, yeah. these little like bands, I see them as band we had a band, we had a fucking band, right totally that's an yeah. amazing thing to build
1: and yeah, and I think it it just depends on what you're making right a a, yeah. a band is a business at yeah. the end of the day you know
0: yeah. right it,
1: and and the crazy thing is now everyone who is creating something, putting it out there, hoping to monetize it in some way. You have to build a company at the same time. You don't get to just work for a network and make your show, and then they're the ones out there selling it, promoting it, all that kind of stuff. You have to do all of it, and it's a lot. It's a lot to be creative, to you know yeah. to and then to do the marketing and everything at the okay, same time. Okay,
0: so this is this is something there's is, this is a really interesting topic to me because you're someone who is very good at this, okay? This kind of first of all identifying those things that need to be done, mm-hmm. right? And then setting up some sort of a some rhythms so that because there it's way too much to get done in any one sitting, right? So it's like these rhythms of 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 accomplishing in that direction, right? Yeah. And Creating the company was interesting because, uh, because there's you know rising tide floats all boats kinds of things. Different people have different gifts, and and so we had this sort of uh, these specializations or, or job titles that were you know, right. But for me, the question uh, the question arises for you now. Seems like you've kind of you still have you still have like like companies of a sense. You you seem to have yeah. balanced this. In a way where, where now, when I'm in the context of your story of like we're, we're, I'm, I'm getting rid of all my social media, we're, we're totally focusing and centering because I want to be – I love this bit from you. I want to be uh, – I'm setting the table for who I'm going to become. Right, not just who I've been. Right, one of the things on that point that I I, you may have heard me said before. I probably said to you at some point was just the sense of you know you were you lived with me through uh, you you guided Melissa and I in some ways through us losing Rowan. Right. Mm -hmm. That was something you guys lived through right alongside of us. And I loved the way that you guys loved us. And one of the things I said in there is like I had these pictures of Rowan. Like I I had my camera. I had these pictures. And it's just this sense that like this is too many megapixels. Do you know what I mean? For this kind of moment. Like this is the the memory, the memory fades. We know this about memory. And there's something humane in that, you know? And And this idea that everything we've written is, is like – it just it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier, sort of like tied – we're carrying it with us you know, in our yes. pockets and it's just yes. weighing us down. So this idea of just cutting ourselves free and floating up to the surface and just seeing what, what kind of life we can make from here is so transformational when you've been making as long as you have. And I think yes. because more people are dreaming this dream – of doing the digital creator lifestyle, that it's the kind of thing that maybe starting now, but for the next several years, lots of people are going to start to feel that. And we're going to get into this question, about, okay, like maybe rhythms of cutting things loose, or sort of specific, like, like what I was drawing towards before this, people creating, finishing the book, dropping that where it goes. And now it's always there. That's what's so cool about a course, a book, uh, like anything like that digitally. It's like, hey, here's my video presence teaching you something interesting. And it doesn't go away when it's specific enough and that topic's going to stay interesting. You can just close the book on that. And because your domain name is your own name, the next project that you're into is, hey, I'm writing a lot about this right now, but you can see my previous work on this topic or that topic, right? Yeah. This kind of personality I've seen develop online, and uh, and really interesting, but it just it just feels really young. I don't I don't know you know, and I don't I don't know how viable the market for us independent people is going to be, or if if like basically the the world wants like ten or twenty Ezra Kleins right type type you know yeah level of because uh, i love getting shit from him half the time you know like i just listened to him on krista Tippett, and i'm like oh god it feels so good to be in like in the room with intelligent thoughtful yeah. people and i'm learning and he wrote a great book apparently about understanding how we got here how america got here but hearing his words on it with with uh, on being with krista Tippett was great because it's like i'm looking for people who can help me understand and contextualize the, the world I'm living through because I'm not smart enough. I don't actually grok it. Like, I'm, like, confused by it. I'm, like, really yeah. confused by it. I'm not in those halls of power. I don't know how decisions like that are made or how, like, why is gerrymandering a thing? Why was that a fucking thing? Like, what is that? Like, I'm just not, I, I can't teach that history lesson, you know? I no, just my- can't. And so I need that, that training on a very specific kind of niche. And, I, and through that, I learn his name, Ezra Klein, and he starts to represent more than just gerrymandering. He starts to represent more than just any specific topic he's talking about.
1: And he starts to represent someone that you feel like you can get something from his take on anything he's going to talk about,
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, You feel like, oh, if
1: Ezra's going to tell me about social media, maybe he has something interesting to say there and I'll listen to him about that. And now we're back at like
0: Bob Hope or something, right? Isn't this just like, I think of the golden age of Hollywood and those kind of commensurate sort of host types, which is like, you know, a a comedian type, uh, but... Or that, newscasters.
1: Newscasters.
0: Yeah, they have yeah. like I'm, – I'm prepared with an opinion. This is – and I'm actually that's a really – I think that's a really important point and an interesting way of constructing it. Okay, I have this theory that w- one of the things that I do when I'm, when I'm literally losing my mind trying to make YouTube videos – um which is by the way my life is awesome it's super easy compared to to lots and lots of other people out there and honestly i have a blast with it i just have so much fun i just think it's so yeah. much fun that i get to just make shit even though i don't think i'm doing a very good job at it half the time and if i could just get a little strategy it would probably go a long way but i there's something there's something about that zit i just don't want to pop right now right. i'm not ready to break through that truman show sort of wall yet but um Oh, hold on. What was I driving to? There was some – what did I say just before that? Do you remember? Mm,
1: we were talking about uh, hosts, uh, newscasters.
0: Newscasters. People
1: you can trust.
0: Easy to trick people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Back at the beginning when you're –
1: something you think about when you're literally losing your mind making YouTube videos. Thank you.
0: You're awesome. So something I think about when I'm l- actually literally losing my mind. Okay. So you know in those uh, – in like any movie that you've seen where there's like a back alley and they knock on the door three times and then someone slides open the thing. It's like, what's the password? You know, like the little door, the little slide door thing that they yeah. can look out and you can kind of look in and you can yeah. see. And maybe maybe that's what – like I don't, I've never been to like a peep show thing like in New York, but like I don't know if like it's a, like – Or like a speakeasy. Like right? a speakeasy, right? Where, yeah. where But like there's something where you slide that and now you can see through, Right. Well, that's what, like, to me, that 16 by 9 little rectangle on YouTube is. Hmm. And whenever, and like, when I make a video, I'm basically going like, sliding that open, and I want you to look at this, right? So this is to that point of, I have an opinion to share with you, right? It's that kind of like, and is this really the posture that we need to have to create a platform for ourselves, a sustainable platform for ourselves, over time that can also that can do two things it, it can it can grow right now it can it has some teeth for people to like there's some interest in it right now but then it can lead to a platform that is sustainable like i'm I'm continually like in the future there's more people there's a flywheel of growth going on right where there's yeah. more people like that sustainability is such a big deal and i've seen so totally. many youtubers get really big on a topic or on a thing and then they get stuck in a rut and it's not and they realize they've They've crafted an audience. They've literally pruned and cultivated and crafted an audience, which is why they had so much explosive growth that they don't actually like or something where it's like, oh, dude, I have to stay negative. I have to stay depressive. I have to talk about all the negative shit because that's what this group that I've curated wants.
1: Yes, except I'll say I think that people feel – a victim of their own success in a way, like they're trapped, right? Yeah. Because they start to feel this credibility because of like their subscriber numbers or something. Yeah, yeah. they also feel like people are going to turn their backs on them if they mm. don't continue to represent the thing that they've totally. represented forever.
0: By the way, you're you're just writing down worries of mine in my subconscious. That's just like perfect, <laughs> perfectly nailing them. And so, I'll say that I I kind of felt the same. I
1: yeah. I sort of felt like I had. I had defined the hallways that I was going to walk down every day, and yeah. then I wasn't even walking all the way down the hallway anymore. I was kind yeah. of just like like looking at it going, what's the point of walking down there anymore?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But afraid to like define something new for myself. And I, I think that's totally normal to be scared. But through this process of – telling people out loud that, like, hey, I don't have it all figured out, and I feel like I have been going through the motions, and I want to just start fresh and and clear the slate. So many people have come out to tell me that they support that, and I've been able to connect with people on a way that I never had before. I think any time you have an opportunity to reveal something about yourself that is really human and that potentially other people are thinking – you're going to get this outpouring of support and and people wanting to see you succeed. Yeah. In well, their, there's a, wh- wherever this we is go.
0: back to like resonance resonates. Yeah. You just uh, you just eliminated one little formula for a, a, a potential form of resonance. Yeah. Which which I would summarize kind of has some vulnerability. I can't remember mm-hmm. your exact words, but there was something about. Do you remember what you said? No. Something something about like, well, luckily I've got it Any, on t- time. T- anytime
1: you have the opportunity to reveal something yeah. that is very human about yeah. yourself. And yeah. usually that's going to be a fear, an insecurity. Yeah. The kind of thing that easily gets papered over on social media. The, yeah. the thing that, there's two things that really bum me out about social media. and. Mm. When you say that something bums you out about social media, whether it's on the creator side or on the business side, mm-hmm. it ends up being something that actually bums you out about humanity. Yeah. Because social media is where corporate greed meets human insecurity. Yeah. And anytime. So for me, the things that I, that I hate about social media are the look at me, look at me, look at me, how amazing my life is mm-hmm. thing that everybody does, right? Yeah. They make everything look better than it is. Yeah. And so really they're papering over all of their insecurities, right. all of the things that Brene Brown
0: tells you to, to we, embrace. We literally have filters now. It's like it's just swipe yes. to the right and it's like now, oh, there we go. I'm there you know, we 10 go. pounds lighter or whatever.
1: Yes, exactly. So that bums me out. And then also – The tendency of the craziest idea to get the most attention on social media. Yeah. Because, like you said, there's so much noise, there's so much out there. Yeah. And there are these deep seated human insecurities and desire to believe that things are being manipulated behind the scenes in a way Mm -hmm. that you can't see. So you say the craziest things and that gets the most attention. And then we have these people with massive followings because they've said crazy stuff so many times. And anyway, those, those things bother me about social media. So every time I went on social media, I was feeling like worse and worse about it. And I also have always been fascinated by this idea that I heard a couple of times at artist talks, with Jessalyn when we would be listening to artists tell their story of their career. A couple of times we heard from artists who had a near complete destruction of their studio because of a fire or something Mm. in the middle of their career. And in, in all of those cases, you know, it's devastating, but on the other side, there's this sense of freedom and this blank slate, this blue sky, ability to recreate what you want the next chapter to be, the next book to yeah. be. Yeah. And so and and I loved that and then it was it's all so crystal.
0: It's just it's like it's all of a sudden it's like me here now, not where, what I think I was, not the past. John Baldessari. John Baldessari. This is a film about John Baldessari. Remember did you watch that documentary? John Baldessari. Yeah, oh yeah, it's the best. With, with Tom Waits. Tom Waits like yeah. uh, doing the voice for it. He did that. He did that several times. It was parts of the part of the documentary, like there like he put all of his shit into huge kilns and just fucking burned it, and it was the perfect metaphor for 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 like that 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 metaphor, like you're talking about, just hearing artists talk about that. It's like, dude, that's your and, that's straight yeah. up time. That is your that is your life force energy has been poured into that stuff, and it actually Melissa and I we we do this we've done this thing so many times in our life because we've moved so much where you just you minimize and you call down you know you get minimal and min, more and more minimal minimal like you guys yeah. you and Jesslyn've been doing that for forever the, yeah. it's it's the same thing you know we're back at yeah. fight club the things you own end up owning you and my past work is yes. like something i really figure i own at this point
1: Yes. and and for the past like couple of years I've been I've had this itch like what am I gonna do next and I felt this pressure yeah. but also haven't felt like able to move on for some reason. Mm-hmm. So at some point it felt like I had to I had to let things go in order to
0: get to the next place. Well, you and- must have taken ayahuasca. That's what everybody does when they need when they finally when is that what you did, Corbett, did you just take ayahuasca or something? I did not. (laughs) Really, that's possible. You can. But I I did. But I did.
1: I did go to therapy last year, and that that might have, that might have been part of it. Classic. You're a
0: classicist.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) the The other thing is um, this was all kind of crystallized a couple of months ago in listening to an interview with Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Have you have you seen him doing his he's yeah. out there promoting his I, book? I listened to the
0: Rogan Green. episode. I listened to the Rogan It's called
1: Lights. Green Lights. So he he tells the story of here's Matthew McConaughey for the first like half of his career. He's stereotyped as like the Stoner, you know, fast times at Ridgemont High kind of dude mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh actually he was in um
0: uh Days and Confused. Days and Confused. Yeah.
1: And and so he he got typecast as this, but he knew that there was something else in him in the future. And you see, his like last six movies or so, eight movies, they're all mind bending, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Including True Detectives,
0: you yeah. know, the. Yeah, the the, HBO that, show. that was the. That, like, absolutely blew the top of my head off. Like, that. But was he's the, also in. Season.
1: Remember, he's in Mud and yeah. Dallas Buyers Club, and he's yeah. doing all these, like, really critical, serious works yeah. that are he, getting him nominated for Oscars and mm-hmm. stuff. And then Interstellar. And you can't, and yeah, and you can't, like, connect the dots between the old Matthew McConaughey and the new one. And, it, but in order to get there, he had to basically hit the reset button and spent two years where no one would hire him for anything mm. because everybody was pitching in these old ideas, old ideas, yeah. and he knew where he wanted to go, so he basically was unemployed for two years waiting for the right thing to come around mm. so that he could jump on the next thing. And, and for me, that was just a more validation that sometimes yeah. – and this is – I think we talked about this without me ever really understanding what it meant or how it would manifest, but the idea that what got you here – yeah. Won't get you there.
0: Yeah. Well, it puts me it's in right. mind of, of of this. Have you ever heard of uh, what's it called? Human human ID. Now I can't remember what it's called because you know matter how, how we were into the enneagram. Like we're into the enneagram. My mm-hmm. wife and I we love the enneagram. I love kind of. Get, it, it totally was a useful tool for helping me think about like the the th- kinds of things you probably talked about in in therapy when you went for a year. Which I'm yeah. super curious about. Like I love when people have successful. Therapy, right? But we were really in the Enneagram, and then there's this thing called Human Design. That's what it's called, Human Design, which is a li- it's based on your star chart and all this shit that you gotta like just kind of go, okay, and then and then like so tell me, so show me what you got, you know? Yeah. And uh, they're in there. There's there's these four energy types, but you know there's a manifestor, a manifesting generator, a generator, and then a projector. And I think there's another another one that's really really rare, or whatever. But the idea of uh, like It basically breaks up the world into these two, for me two to three categories, really two. Most people are manifestors or generators, okay? So a manifester goes, you know, is the person on the boat just like full throttle on the river, just wakes coming out behind. Like everybody's like, what the fuck? Slow the hell down, right? A manifestor just, <laughs> <Yeah>. rah, right? <laughs> my dad-in-law, in some ways, my friend Craig, who is just like, rah, just going. There just ends up being funding for all this crazy shit that he's trying to do, right? Trump feels like that or whatever contrast that with a generator generator sits back and waits for the world for the for the environment to be ready for them to step in and do the thing right and i had this i was helping a buddy come up with some social media content and i was like learning about that because he was teaching me about it and i was like that's so fascinating so you this is the instagram post there it's like some of you like you need to know what kind of what energy type you are because some of you are waiting way too long to get started and others of you aren't waiting long enough, right? Mm-hmm. To let it to develop and evolve. I'm, I now I'm a manifesting generator, which you know I don't know. I, I that's about as far as I've gotten, <laughs> right? But this sense of waiting. For the – like when you're talking about being in this almost holding pattern where you're just walking down the same hallways every single day, where you are just doing the same fucking shit, kind of resigned, right? Kind of resigned. I feel I feel that I resonate with that so hardcore bar, right? There's just this resignation and I mean just – that sense of resignation for me, that can just cover everything like this big thick swash of like butter. There's just like – I like butter on toast but it's just, it just oozes into everything you know it and, and and it can be this morose sort of sluggish molassesy kind of thing to try to like move through almost like the dreams i used to always have these dreams where i was punching underwater and it was like no i can't generate any force or whatever right yeah that sense of 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 almost like I still very much feel like holding pattern. We've been exploring so much and doing a bunch of cool shit, but like still this sense of holding pattern. Coronavirus feels like a holding pattern, dude. Yes. This whole nation, the whole world feels like this like this an airplane just circling, going like, all right, all right, okay. Well, what if we get a new president in? Okay, that's good. That's good. Maybe we'll land soon. You know, <laughs> like yeah, the, this it, it, just this holding pattern sense. And so I get really inspired hearing you talk about this kind of coming clean out of a little bit, stepping out of it, a little bit like shedding that, like what does the mm-hmm. snake feel when it sheds its skin kind of thing. Snakes literally shed skin in all these old cultures. They're the symbol of transformation, like the butterfly, you know, but this yeah. shedding of a skin yeah. quite literally, right? What you're doing in your digital, your digital work, the history of your digital works or whatever, which, you know, yep. Corbett is that Corbett Barr? Like, that's pretty much Corbett Barr. If you go to chasereeves.net right now, you're going to see Chase Reeves from seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. like the like the last time I like really did something there or something, right? right. It's like, right. oh, so I am out of sync with how some people are going to experience me when they look into who is this person, because where do we do that exploration? Online, right? So this sense of shedding, I think of the snake shedding its skin, it's like, Couple things. Number one, how fucking trippy is it that the snakes do that, like, fucking pattern shit through their body? It's just yeah. this. It's this. Waves? Like, what the? Like, these yeah. diamond patterns and shit, like this? Like, it's beautiful. Like, what. What's the intelligence is doing that? Like like who's the are the snakes designing themselves? Where does that come from? Right? Like it's so fascinating. It's ridiculous. And it's been there my whole life and never once thought about it until I took some ayahuasca. <laughs> but, but but that that sense of shedding your skin and you find this pattern is already there underneath it. And it's like, oh, this is me now. So to me, I really think a lot of people are resonating with this question around how do I make my outside look like my inside mm-hmm. right now, right? How do I make how people are receiving me and perceiving me closer to how I'm sort of what where I really am radiating from the inside out, right? Yeah. And this is
1: a new problem, a new reality, Yeah, because we all start platforms we all start profiles all over the and we scatter them all over the digital world yeah. and then they become out of sync and and for some like i'm a bit of a anal what i don't know how you would describe you like, it like you like butt playing I uh, yeah i'm into um i was thinking more uh, uh i'm organized or
0: uh, like you okay so you're i'm just picturing a really well-organized sex toy drawer Mm-hmm. I yeah, right? i
1: i keep them all yeah i keep them all they have you know it's like did you ever go over to your buddy's house and his dad had that pegboard where all the tools went yes. in the garage of course yeah, it's, it's and you, you like it's that. just butt plugs yes yeah <laughs> well different i mean <laughs> true story <laughs> and uh, have you seen uh, the rectix should... commercial on snl
0: no i am gonna go do that oh. right right as soon as okay we're done. <laughs> actually
1: let's let's pause this for a second so you can go watch <laughs> rectix rectix it, it's going to be the funniest thing you've seen in quite. Do you a while. think
0: I should really watch it right now?
1: No, it's fine. You can watch okay. it after.
0: Oh wait! Oh wait! Anyways, you're um, you're really organized,
1: and and I and something just starts to annoy me when I have those like outdated profiles out there. Yeah. It just it, it's like all, this cycle no, no. in the back of my it's, mind, going, uh, dude.
0: I don't think that that's just. Ju- I think you are a, a little more. Uh, what, what's the uh, Big Five personality types, right? Um, it's the one that starts with ocean conscientiousness, right? Conscient mm. probably higher conscientiousness, which is related to that organized and that curated and that cold, yeah. down sort of lifestyle, which you realize because it actually leads to less psychological baggage as I'm walking yeah. through life like having a more curated minimal lifestyle just less psychological yeah. baggage or it's which is- just a
1: neuroses I don't know but yeah. regardless yeah, that's eventually
0: right. it just catches up to you and you're what's and, the difference and just- <laughs> that's the good that's, that is the question that modern human humanity modern western humanity is in what's the difference between conscientiousness and just neuroticism <laughs> like, yeah right at what point does it become neuroticism the other
1: thing the other thing I wonder about and this is a total tangent But you were saying earlier how many people can be Mick Jagger versus how many people can, like, you know, play in a coffee shop. And we, you and I, and and people like us now know so many other successful creators. Think about dozens and dozens and dozens of them who are somewhat normal people. I mean, we know some, like, uber-successful
0: creator people,
1: but we just know know a lot of people.
0: We know some uber-successful people who are very normal Right? Very normal, yeah. But
1: uh, I just wonder, is it is it that the, so many more people can support themselves in that way, or is it because we've been in this game long enough that we now have just gotten to
0: know those people? Well, I think it's, I think it's related to how were they able to not just make it work, but then keep it working? That's yeah. back to these waves kind of coming constantly, constantly, and, constantly. And what's the difference between
1: getting to a point where you feel like, or you're no longer you're you're maybe going through the motions, but you're not doing your best work anymore. Yeah, you don't feel good about it, whatever. Versus you really need to be in that creative rhythm in yeah. order to put out enough work to make a splash. Yeah, but it can become monotony. And so, what's yeah. the difference between being in a good rhythm versus being in a rhythm that is going to burn you out, bro?
0: Th- but but this is one of the reasons where I think so much of I think about one part. Of, of your superpower is your proximity to the art world through mm. your wife of – how many years? How long have you and Jessalyn been married? We've been married. Uh, next year will be our 20th anniversary. Holy shit. So 20 years of marriage. People yeah. didn't think that that is still possible. Right. She's Let alone fi- for
1: someone who is 29 years old.
0: No, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. She the is- math doesn't work. She is a fine artist and has been for a long time. She's she's gone to school. She's done lots of artists, uh, uh, like like in, in what do I want to call them, like residencies, intensives? residencies, yeah. right? Yeah. The, and I, I've learned a lot just just overhearing you two talk and then hearing more from her about what her world's like. But the fine art world, not not, not just I mean, because you helped me di- 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 make a distinguishing. You helped me distinguish between. The sort of art world of galleries and stuff like that, and then the thing that I was always paying attention to, which was like – which was the artists themselves, right? It was like, this is David Bowie. It's like this is, this is Prince. For me, it was always music. Mm-hmm. I, I never was into, into painters and stuff like that. But since then, I've really realized like how a John Baldessari or I just watched a documentary on Francis Bacon – Holy shit, dude! It was so good from the '70s. Uh, BBC had this thing called Arena, which is just like a glance into somebody's life. I need to go back and like watch every episode of this shit. But there was one on Francis Bacon, and it was like it was just psychedelic for me because here's somebody who just lived his fucking life, and also his life was fucking crazy. Corbett Bar. It was he had like three lovers in his life. He had two art openings, different lovers, all died the day of his art openings what for like mysterious like one was not even nearby one was nearby but he had two openings in his life he received literally the morning of on both of those the notification that his like long-term lover had perished and they were they they weren't like necessarily committed at all in that sense but just that like watching that there was just those are just some facts on this guy's character in his life that were just like Why do I bring them up? Because these artists are the best example to me of like, this has been going on for so fucking long, Mm -hmm. dude. This has been going on for so long. There's actually nothing new here. We just have new mediums. It's like this, this is. And so for me, studying the artists, like it's important that it started with music for me because music is a, is a market, right? The fine art world is a market, But, like, I don't know how much Jackson Pollock was, you know, making a lot of money while he was making a lot of his art or whatever. Like, I don't know how much of that came later. He was. He he was. was, Yeah. He was one of the few that was, like, wealthy while he was alive. And so, and, like, and how did he do it? By genre bending. Right? How do you do it? By just, like... Like Just like, like pulling, splattering his consciousness onto a, a frame, which is literally like that slide to open the door. Here's what I want you to see. Here's my fucking opinion, right? Yeah. Like, so, like, which, which again, I'm back to that question of like, all right, so do I have to have an opinion? Am I trying to teach something? When I slide that open, I think there's a lot of different things that I can put there. But, mm-hmm. I, but it's for sure only for a limited time. I only get them for however long I can kind of keep. And I have like long videos and I watch how my retention lasts and it does pretty damn good on certain. Some videos are better than others, but it always kind of is a little down to the right by the end. Mm -hmm. Right. It's always like people sort of drop off minute by minute by minute by minute. So the, the, like the, the sliding that open and you get their attention, what are you going to put in there is to me, this, this just, it's like this thing you, you can't really teach. Resonance resonates. You're talking about sharing something that's that humanizes you. There's other yeah. people who are doing things that are like grotesque or weird. There's other things that are just it's just rage, outrage, you know what I mean? There's just so many where you And I say? think you I think you have to
1: make a distinction between tailoring your message to the medium. Hmm. In, in a lot of cases we see people coming up with really interesting, unique things that are that embrace the constraints of a medium like mm. Instagram.
0: Yeah.
1: And 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 these are things that may never have existed in the world if it weren't yeah. for Instagram, the way yeah. that they're creating yeah things. Totally. Versus the underlying yeah. truths yeah. that are that exist across any medium, across mm-hmm. any time yeah. because they're they're human truths. Yeah. And we can all benefit from from re- understanding what those are in some cases it's really hard to teach you know being able to connect with someone and understand but at the same time i think i see a lot of people seeking fame on various platforms playing a a real me too game on those platforms mimicking what other people are doing totally versus just bringing an underlying fundamental human message
0: so our and when i think of someone mimicking things i I, my life i've done a lot of parroting and mimicking and i i Think I've been like pract- like working things out. Like I'll use yeah. someone else's voice for a while. You know, like traditionally yeah. I, I had. I mean, I remember in college, I had this really close friend, and he was from Hawaii. And like there would just be like little elements that I would pull. And when I when I met Melissa out in Ireland, she spoke with a fucking English like Irish accent. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she, like, she just enha- She just pulled that pulled that like uh, I don't know. Just it, it, you, yeah. you're mimicking. You're working things out sometimes, and then there's a call. There's a call like at some point you didn't get into this to you didn't get into this to learn how to be Liam Neeson or insert your person here. I don't know why I said Liam Neeson. I've learned a certain set of skills. You didn't do this to like to like learn how to do somebody else. So we're back at speaking with your own voice, which to me is is just kind of it's actually it's actually spiritual work. You know what I mean? It's like damn near fucking spiritual work to speak with your own voice to learn. Like, why is this something that I have to learn how to do? We have friends that I find, uh, like, like for instance, I'm thinking of Lara, who I think speaks with her own voice effortlessly. Right? Totally. She doesn't blog. Yep. She doesn't fucking tweet. Right? Yeah. She doesn't. She, like, she's she's a nurse. She's a midwife. Right? Yeah. She's living her life. That's that's something that I'm. I, I feel like so many maybe maybe people have a lot of real world connections right now, uh, and maybe they will continue to I, I feel grateful that like the real world is there to balance out my digital world experience mm-hmm. you know like i 've got my wife i 've got my kids we 've got our friends like we we're like we 've got like the future and the, and, and the places that we live, the town and shit like this you know there's a real world that we 're encountering there that is counterbalancing the digital world in some ways and i find some people are really good at speaking with their own voice and they're not trying to build a fucking platform and others of them like realize they have some talent there and they're like maybe i should take fucking the internet more seriously but they get hung up on this question they're like what am i gonna say who mm-hmm. am i like how what am i gonna teach someone how to do something which is I see these classic sort of internet characters like a Dave David Dobrik or whatever. Where it's like he doesn't represent anything. He's just like he's just partying in L.A. Basically, mm. and and you know like yeah. just like re, like just being a social being. It's like being a buddy. It's yeah. like being a buddy, but that's yeah. like the Mick Jagger, you totally. Know? That, and
1: and it's hard to say if that guy I'm not familiar with, but if he. Recognized when he started publishing what he was giving people, yeah, what why people would tune in, and or, it, it sounds like it's for entertainment or, yeah, it, right. or like why do you tune into Casey Neistat? Like, yeah, what are we all getting from that? Totally.
0: Well, it makes and me think of it makes me think of uh, when you put up a podcast, uh, when you start up a podcast, you have to choose the categories that it's in mm. on iTunes, right? Yeah. And for me, that's always been a nightmare. I'm like, I don't fucking know, don't but, but choose it the, forces this question right up front. And and or don't yeah. you wish it was easy so you could just say sports or yeah. like just yeah choose. and, and have, like, a lot of them are really simple it's just it's like not at all it's like a it's, it's like in YouTube and culture in YouTube you can kind of choose the category of a video like not like yeah. and it's like. People and blogs is one of them. They're like, sure, <laughs> people and blogs. Okay, that is the one, that is what this video is, is I categorized. I guess that made sense as.
1: in 2005 or whenever they
0: came up with that. Exactly. Okay, you've been online working for over a decade. When was the first like, Corbett Barr post? Uh, yeah, it was early in 2009. 2009. Okay. So, 11, so it's over, over 11 a and a half years. And, yeah. then, and then into Think Traffic and then into Fizzle and, and Corbett Barr's been around for like the whole time. And so you just see how like, man, there's so much work. There's so much that's been created over yeah. time, right? Yeah. And so you're doing this kind of digital house cleaning project right now, which is to me really inspiring because uh, any of us who've been working online can do that. Right, I can just start like culling and cleaning up, and to that point of where your outside world looks like your inside world. Where like wh- when people find me on the web, like it's a little more, it represents me a little bit more accurately today, yep. instead of just a, a million years ago. Um, like what is what is it? What I, I want to go in two directions here. I, I have two kind of questions. Number one, like what have you learned? In do, like what what do you, what do you notice about the experience of doing that digital house cleaning like what's what does it feel like like what what like is it painful is it really hard to do is it really confusing do you just full sale just like archive everything and start totally from scratch like and then yeah and maybe in that like would you give any advice to someone like doing this like well i wish i would have done this first or like give me some notes on, on how you did it or yeah. uh, and like how it felt
1: Yeah, and like so far, most of what I've done has been uh, I deleted all my social media posts across every platform, Twitter, Mm. Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I deleted old accounts for old projects and things. All
0: your social media posts? Everything. And then did you archive that in any way before? Yes. Yeah, so every
1: platform gives you the ability to download your stuff.
0: Okay, and export your data. You
1: you can never like republish them as they were, Yeah. you know, and... And I don't know that everything's contained in there. If every comment's in there or not, I have no idea. I I didn't even look at it. I just grabbed the zip files and put them away, and someday maybe my non-existent grandchildren will look at it. I don't know. (laughs) So you can archive everything, do that for sure. Why not? You want to have that. Uh, But the platforms don't make it easy to delete everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in their interest for you to like remove content from yeah, there. Yeah. So in some cases, it's like checking a bunch of boxes and hitting delete, and then going to the next page and check. And it just Ugh. it took like days to get through all of this stuff. In some cases, there are tools like for Twitter. I could delete a thousand posts at a time. I don't know. I had like twelve, fourteen thousand posts so or something on there. Many. It just ha- they just fall out on regular life. Yeah. And so with Twitter, I didn't look at all the old content. I just swiped it all. But for Facebook. And Instagram, I think I had to, like, go and check all the boxes and delete them. Yeah. So I found myself back, you know, living back in, like, 2010, Dude, 2011,
0: I like, looking at stuff. Think and that, that matters. I think, I think you, like, I, well, I want to ask you, like, what was that like, seeing that stuff?
1: I could, I remembered a lot of moments and things, you know, like, oh yeah, I kind of remember where I was then. I also found a lot that I had no idea what I was thinking or what it even meant. Uh, I found a lot of stuff that was just fluffy garbage that nobody ever needs to see, you know, especially like on Facebook that I think went all the way back to 06 or 07, something like that.
0: yeah, Yeah.
1: So, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 fine with all that being gone. Like, yeah. I don't think there's. Yeah. I'm sure there was some good stuff in there, but yeah. it's it's just not as relevant today. And I can I can make more of that. Like, yeah. we can all make more of that. There's totally. we're not hurting for content out there. Yeah. So for the 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 short social media kind of stuff, I just sh- gone. Mm. For YouTube stuff, uh, you can just make stuff unlisted yeah. if you don't want it to be out there. Right. So right. just. Click the boxes. Yeah. I left up like a couple of things that I that I like, mm-hmm. um, and then for blog posts, I like on my personal site whoosh, wiped everything except for like ten posts that I thought were decent and that were still driving traffic to mm. my website. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even highlight those on the site right now. You can't even really find them. Mm. So that that's where I'm at right now. Now I've got uh, you know old podcast episodes. I've got. You know, for other projects, I've got you know the Fizzle Show, the yeah. Fizzle website, all that kind of stuff. I need to decide what to do with. I think you know we had written hundreds and hundreds of blog posts. Yeah, we've we've done three hundred and seventy something episodes of the Fizzle Show. For something like that, I feel like the Fizzle Show is a concrete project, and I'm happy to let that live like mm-hmm. as it is. Yeah, right. It's just such a it's such a concrete it's a thing. It's a book. It's a book. Yeah. And so that can live like it is forever. Um, but looking at a lot of blog posts, the thing is their blog posts have different purposes. A lot of them are promotional. A lot of them you feel like are going to like maybe target some keywords, but they don't ever, Mm. and, and a lot are outdated. And so I think there's a lot of shit that I'm just going to like clean up and leave like the 10 or 20 best things and then start over and move Uh. forward, you know? Mm. And also, I, I like the idea of like any projects that I have out there that I don't want to maintain or be heavily involved with going forward, just make them real light and yeah. easy to live on their own
0: Yeah, and not feel like there's That's, a lot of stuff out there and that I... That is an art in and of itself, though, right? Like, knowing how to do that, like knowing... Yeah. Like, I know that if I have a database and a folder on a on a host somewhere i've got a wordpress install or i've got something like i can i can always archive that i can always throw that on a subdomain i can always sort of keep that around in just my own little dropbox and fire up a version of of displaying that at some point in the future yeah. cuz for me like i wasn't trained as as a computer scientist or anything but i've learned how to Connect a database. How databases work, like how to set up template files and WordPress, and like how to do all that. And it's like, man, that's so much fun. That yeah, is still fun. so much fun, and that is so many years of life. Like you go back and you you just see some old stuff. Yeah. But as you're mentioning, it it's like a they're like things you scribble on the toilet like if you find like a sticky note, like a post-it note uh, or like a, if you find like a little notepad next to the toilet, the kind of shit that you just wrote down like seven years ago I yeah. would love it for an archive purpose like, oh, this is the kind of shit I was writing but like, but that's not it what I want. It doesn't need to
1: be on your mirror for like ten years, it's no. like you go to your
0: mom's house and you're like what, mom, what are all these like sticky notes all So over? when someone searches you, that's what they find they're like, hey, do you want yeah, to know and- Corbett Barr? Check got this thing he scribbled seven years ago in the toilet sometimes totally, it can be and- <laughs> sometimes it really right handy. and and you know the the reality of the digital
1: world is most of what we write or publish is going to be out there forever because mm. it's archived you know there's the wayback machine, yeah. anything that's public can yeah. you know be copied by someone else, and maybe there are ways to take that stuff down, you I don't can, know. Yeah. I'm not going that yeah. far. Yeah. I'm just worried about the stuff that I create. So if someone comes to my profile, yeah. they, they see what I want them to see right now. Yeah, right. But the old stuff, it's like, if you want to know about what happened to me in 2007, then uh, maybe we'll have a beer at a bar one day, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that story, if it's that important.
0: This is a, there's a healthy boundary I'm hearing in yeah. your like, like the, the digital world is always a loose approximation of me. And mm-hmm. I don't want that to to be able to. I don't want it saying too much or saying things that were true at one point, but not necessarily as true now. Right? We all go through these Truman Show boundary kinds of kinds of like we poke through. We get now. We're like world is tw- like infinitely larger. You know? It's yeah. Like, it, so like, and then like like in terms of feeling of it, like did you feel uh, like the burn? like as it was happening did you, did you did you could you did you have a sense that like you were kind of like holy shit cleaning like psychologically you were cleaning up did you notice afterwards one of the things i noticed when i clean house or when i write everything down that's on my mind afterwards i can just have so much more clarity and more creative ideas and energy yeah. and shit did you notice that oh yeah
1: oh yeah 100% really? and also also um because of the way i did it i let people know that i was starting over yeah. i published one post on each place saying i'm yeah. starting over and yeah. explaining it i put it up on my website that's the only post there yep. and so um it, it it's forced me to take action in a way mm. that i might otherwise not because now like you know some people are like oh i can't wait to see what you do next you know yeah, so right. I, I know some people are out there like waiting which is cool um but also i wanted to have that conversation in public as opposed to just in my own head because yeah. you know how you can like forget what you were, what direction you were headed, or you can change your mind. Now mm-hmm. I can't really change my mind. It's like yeah. I, I, I told yeah. everybody this. Is it's a decision.
0: It. No more holding pattern. You just did yeah. something. Holy shit! Yes. You made a decision. It's another thing exactly. about companies. Companies get together and they make decisions, and then those decisions are enacted. Because if you if you're waffling on the decision, then the whole morale just fucking decomposes right on you. And now you don't have a, you have a, you have a, a like whatever a mutiny or I don't know what you call a company. Jesus says a house divided by, against itself cannot stand so i'll just let it that, let that be the summary yeah. of it
1: yeah and and the thing is it's it, we all uh, you know as independent creators or as someone anyone who wants to be like self-employed or their own boss or whatever yeah. you yeah. think about all the freedom that you have and how quickly you can act and and yeah. sometimes you truly can you can you can make a decision and start working on it in fact a lot of times they go hand in hand you're sitting there and like you have this idea and next yeah. thing you know you're in editing your website right yeah right but on the other hand, because there aren't other people there that you have to discuss things with, mm-hmm. you can sit on ideas for a very long
0: time. Yeah, yeah.
1: to the point where you forget totally. about them. Where well, we're, so
0: we're back at this idea of how does someone not just get it, work it working, but keep it working? Right, this mm-hmm. like the waves breaking again and again and again. They're they're building up, like, like they, they're all contributing to this direction. That That were like heading in rather than rather than just be, like I feel like I reinvent the wheel everything you must you saw that so many times at fizzle i 'm sure i 'm really i 'm curious I would love for in your own words um, tell me. Uh, can you give us a can you give us a story uh, in your own words about like you and I met and we found our way into into a partnership and what what did we build at Fizzle like what did we build like give me a little bit of a background from your perspective on what we did at Fizzle
1: yeah and I and you um, you mentioned this how how lucky we were to to you know, bring people into the fold and, and like unleash their energy on fizzle and, and kind of see where that went. And that that's exactly what happened with you and I, it was like, I was lucky enough to meet you at a party. We clearly shared a lot of similar interests and I just love your energy. And, and I could tell right away that you're, you're like a, a very active thinker, very creative and tons of energy. Mm -hmm. And, you had a lot of design sense and, and other things that were complementary to the things that I had. Mm. So with fizzle, it was just, you know, this simple idea, like let's, let's put together this big training library, like the Netflix for entrepreneurship, basically, mm-hmm. and get people to pay us monthly and we'll make a bunch of courses and so on. And we did that and we built it over, you know, six years together, something mm-hmm. like that, five mm-hmm. years. And it exists today. And we ended up serving 30,000 different customers. Yeah. And, Fizzle became what each of us contributed to it and you contributed um, this current relevancy, I would say this, you, you have always kind of had your finger on the pulse of what a lot of people are thinking Mm. um, from a, from a design and taste perspective, I would say. Mm. And, and we just kind of like combined that and created this, this synergy and it worked.
0: I mean, people. And we, kept, we kept it working.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we did. Cre- we did keep it working. I, I mean, the thing that the thing that ended up being the heartbeat of the company, I would say, is the podcast. Right. Yeah. It when we started it, it was blogging because that's where my background was. Mm. But your background and interest is more in audio and video, mm. and we created a shit ton of video, and Man. we ended up creating a, a podcast every week for, you know, 300-something episodes, and we still have new episodes of the show coming out, but I yeah. haven't kept it up on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, but that really was the backbone of the company, and, and so many people tell me even today, like, hey, you know, I found The Fizzle Show like three months ago. And I've listened to every episode or something. Really? You know, since (laughs) it Oh yeah. People go back to the beginning and listen all the way through and I feel like we should do like
0: we should we should like do like ten episodes of like uh, and just and like delete all the all and then just like hey here's here's <laughs> here's a summary here's a su- or <laughs> just pick the 10 episodes and yeah. make the rest of like some uh so some you know hey pay 150 bucks you get the whole archive and and support totally. digital creators or whatever but you can listen to us for three hours there's so much i mean i feel like so many of the of the things that we've talked about in this conversation have been like these nuggets that we would hit again and again and again and again on the Fizzle Show. And what I really, what I, it's true. I, I mean, I have a good friend now named Heath who he listened to the podcast. It was the first guy that I've like gotten close with afterwards. Uh, in just a regular life kind of way, like we just like I was on his podcast talking about ayahuasca because we were both we've both have have those kinds of experiences. But we just we he just hangs. He's like Your with fellow, the family fellow psychonauts, yeah, psychonauts, but also just like creator. He has a he has a um, a card deck like an affirmation card deck on Amazon. Nice. He has another like Amazon business where he like sells basically an email list business of some kind. So he's just a digital entrepreneur. But he's but he's really fun. He's really fun for me to hang out with, and kind of, you know, it's like, yeah. And he's like he actually listen to the show. I kind of I kind of block that out in some ways because I'm constantly. I feel like my mind is constantly burning what I've done. Because, because, like David Letterman says, like watch yesterday's show. What do you fucking mean? We're starting today's right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It's like it's like this is we're going again. We're going again. We're just let's see what happens this time. It's all it's for me. It's it's kind of a performer's mindset. Maybe I, I I think it might be sort of performance oriented.
1: It is, and it's it's you know for someone like David Letterman who was on TV for what like twenty five years or yeah. something, yeah, five nights a week, four yeah. nights a week. It's like. I, I can't imagine that schedule totally. and 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 doing it for that long. But at the same time, there's a big difference between David Letterman with his staff and and you know production facility and actually physically going somewhere to do the show and mm-hmm. you know having a, somebody book guests and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He shows up and yeah. of course he's in charge of it. But there's a massive difference between that and Chase Reeves sitting in his third bedroom in his house, like trying not to go crazy, coming up with something to get out there. And yeah. and so you can understand how rare it is for yeah. a creator to stick with it for any period of time. Yeah. So, and I don't think, you know, many of us have, have admitted or realize just how monumental it is for us to show up and do something mm. on a weekly basis yeah. or a monthly basis or whatever for a period of years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and just the energy involved in the creativity and, just keeping that motivation
0: yeah okay rapid fire here what um when you look back at our time at fizzle what uh what did we do right in that regard of of keeping things going like what Mm. if people are out there trying to do that same thing corbett like what yeah what did we do well give them a summary of what they should be thinking about
1: for me i'd say that the well for us the creative well was always really thinking about the customer like Mm. we and we got Mm. to know our customers because literally we had calls with them so anytime we were sitting there racking our brains for what should we publish this week what should the topic be on the podcast we could say well what would john think about it or what would darlene think about it or you know and we would literally have amici or these people we would we would would have had conversations with and we would say oh well i you know i think they would really benefit from this and so we would do an episode on that or we could just open up our inbox or whatever and and pull a question yeah. We could send an email to people and say, Hey, what would you like to know? And so that connectedness we had to our customer mm. um, was an endless source of ideas. And ideas are so hard to come up with sometimes. So, mm. you know, if you, and the simplest thing, and we talked about this all the time, and I still do it today is when somebody signs up for your email list or if somebody signs up for your, your, you know, follow you on Instagram or whatever, just write them and say, Hey, great to connect. Like yeah. what, what would you like to see me do my next video on? Or mm. what are you struggling with about X, Y, and Z? And yeah. and just ask people mm. and they'll tell you. And then those are, those are amazing ideas. And so for us, um, both doing that ourselves and then also relaying to our customers, how important it was for them to be in touch with their customers because mm. that's where ideas come from. That's yeah. where you know if you're making the right thing. That just for me that that still matters so much to that. Na- right to, on. To this day. That's
0: that's awesome. Okay, hold on. By the way, have you ever used? Have you checked out Rome Research yet? Have you seen what that is?
1: Yeah, I have. I I ended up like going down a whole rabbit hole, but um, I pulled
0: back. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm you just, went I'm in. On. You went in though, w- you, and you were really. I using went into it? Rome,
1: and I went into Notion, and you know, and and following those people that are yeah, doing yeah. all the videos, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Tiago Forte and yeah, all those yeah. people. Um, I pulled back and I'm just, I'm using bear uh-huh. for notes and, yeah. uh, Trello for tracking. Okay. Cause I got too nerdy about building all the notion shit and, yeah. the, and the Rome. No, stuff. totally.
0: No notion. I think is particularly problematic yeah in the, the the high high likelihood of fiddling instead mm-hmm. of getting fucking work done you know what i mean it's just like it was like a gold mine for me in that totally. regard but you could but you could have an honest representation of your entire business on that thing if you're doing it right right you, you, you could but i'm the kind to build it yeah. and then like never look totally. at it again because the building part's totally. so fun that's why I'm like I'm I'm deep in a Rome rabbit hole right now because the way you can connect ideas and things, I just fuck right? and, and and the whole thing about it is okay so basically with here's my here's my my hunch right now is as long as you just have one note that's in the sidebar that's called that's like your master projects note yeah. And then everything's just on there, and you've got a little place in there. You drag things when, it, when it's done, and it's like I have some things in editing and filming. I can organize that however I want. It's just fucking text. It's just yeah. text, and then the yeah. linking yeah. and stuff. Then I have w- – like a pro tip is another another page where it's just your master tags. Like here's my – I'm constantly doing these master tags of like – I can get into that later, but then, wh- then because I'm just every day I'm firing it up and going like, had a good talk with Corbett today, and I'll take some notes on it right there. I've I've linked your name like Corbett Bar episode of yeah. Travel Light or so whatever. So then it, everything you ever so it's all happening that way, and the whole insight for me, which is might work, is is it's there's no organization like you're just you're just naming things and then you. It, I like it, that. It's how smart you can be with naming. If you if you yeah. name everything, then fuck all. Like it might not you might not connect, right? Because you yeah. had two tags for Corbett Bar, now all of a sudden you're at the Corbett Bar page and you don't see what the fuck you like that one note you wrote while a while ago or whatever, right? But I'm interested in some of these more um, hold on, these these tools conversations. Okay, mm. so developing ideas you're using bear to like you'll create a note on something, you'll be just keeping your notes there. Is that what you're using?
1: Yeah, and and notes for me either are the beginning of something that will become a project On or Trello. a piece or a piece of content or so notes are always the beginning of yep. something. It's just yep. a way for me to get my ideas out. I rarely
0: refer to notes later after yeah. they become the thing. Where do so, where do they go from the note into the in, like when you go from a well, note Well, so into if it's a project, a project if it's a
1: project, then it'll go from notes into Trello. Okay. And that's where I track the little things that I need to do. Yeah. And in Trello, I just have kind of like ideas, like what's on deck, what I'm working on, what's done. Got just it. A, and a, it's just a, a simple a combo board, board or
0: whatever it's called. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then I just have hashtags for the project that it's involved with. Okay. Um. But then, so I, I don't keep my notes... I don't care to refer back to them. So I just archive them all after I'm done after it's lived its usefulness. I Mm -hmm. archive them. So I'm, I'm ruthless about archiving my notes and archiving my um, emails. And so almost every week I have like a day where I do inbox zero Mm -hmm. and I do notes zero. Got it. And that's where I just take it all and triage it. Either it goes into a project or it becomes a piece of content or whatever it needs to be. What
0: about this thing when you have too many projects on the board and you just uh, – like say like you develop, you've got an idea, you've developed it, it's turned into a project, and then you did it with another one and another one, and then it's like – like do you have do you ever feel like you have too many projects on the like what I'm working on right now place or or the like what I'd like to work on next column right if that just gets too long yeah it's just where it, like to me what I'm realizing is this whole burning the social media is a is, of everything I've done now it's just a metaphor for that you know it's a metaphor for this <laughs> snake shedding and skin metaphor which is a metaphor for just this sense that like these things for just, your Trello list we just all it all everything grows everything yeah. fucking grows if we die yes. right now all the humans die the fucking, like, the, the jungle moves in on our cities so fast, is what, like, yep. the, you know, what, what I hear. Totally. And so I think you have to get comfortable with
1: just archiving things and knowing that it's there somewhere. And if the idea yeah. is important or good enough, yeah. it will resurface somehow. That, and, yeah. and, 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 separating the two between something that's like, eh, this could be a good idea versus this is an important idea that I need to work on right now. Yeah. And so only those important ideas go on my list. The rest just get archived and mm. and they're in the back of your brain somewhere and maybe they'll come up again. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of things that go on the list, like, oh, this is important, I want to get to it. Mm. After a week I look at it again and I'm like, that's not important. So yeah. then it goes away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you just try to keep that list whittled down to the because we can only we can only work on so many things. And then the other thing is distinguishing between your vision and like, okay, what is Chase Reeve, like Chase Reeves working on right now? And what does he want his, like, you know, you've, like, for example, you've talked about this podcast that you've wanted to start for, for some time. Yeah. How do you keep track of that when it's not actually a project yet? It's more of a vision. It's more of a thing that you want to do. Yeah. How do you keep track of that versus like, you know, I need to publish episode number 373 tomorrow.
0: And right now we are right there. We are on top of the thing that we had earlier in the conversation right there. We are on top of this really sort of, mystical mix between what uh what do I want to make? Like what's my vision? What's the stuff that's gonna that like is like ten years from now I'm gonna look back and be like, I'm glad I made that. Didn't feel like a yeah. waste of time. And the, you know, and then versus what should I like? What should I make? What does the audience want me to make? What like if I'm reading enough of like my business gurus? What do they say that I'm supposed to make? Right, yeah. that lives and dies in exactly this this very specific moment in your productivity system, right? Yes. Like these projects that you're like. It's and been these systems, these Go. systems
1: matter. They yeah. they matter so much. They like <laughs> writing notes, getting ideas out of your head. Totally, they matter a lot. And I find that. Um, if I am not really using my productivity system anymore, this happens yeah. like you know once a year or something, mm. I just kind of find myself not looking at it, not pulling it up, yeah, then that
0: means I'm like uninspired and I've lost my way, totally basically absolutely i, I have I have always started up new projects or new like productivity systems, loving to fiddle with them. And I can still go into Trello and find, like, a, a just decaying boards there or into Asana or yeah. into OmniFocus from way, 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 way back in the day. Or, you know, that's one of the things I like about Rome so much right now is, like, I, I don't even know – I couldn't even find that if I was looking for it, right? It's just a daily journal that you just yeah. happen to be – but it's a totally di- – it's a total mind – it's completely different from anything else that I've worked on. What about By for the- – uh way, for your email qu- like what what are you using for the for your email app real quick real quick before that um
1: oh, you had a great idea for a podcast name earlier you said huh. the mystical mix i
0: think it could be the mystical mix with chase reeves oh you
1: like that, that works for me
0: you like the <laughs> mystical mix i'm thinking of, i'm i'm developing around travel light that's what yeah, i no, i that- like that i like that the mystical mix you like no no i'm kidding uh travel light i like like (laughs) okay got it so um uh like yeah email yeah email app uh front have you used front yeah i'm using it that's what i use oh you're using front i use front Yeah, melissa got us on it because she her whole real estate team was crushing on that and i had an assistant for a while and so it, it made sense there
1: it works so well if you have anyone else in your inbox yeah. or if you just want to separate inboxes for like personal versus business Yeah, front has been like amazing. And then anyone that I'm working with on projects, you could just chat with them directly in front. Instead of sending each other emails, mm. you just have these like chat streams going. Mm. So it's, yeah. it kind of unifies it and it's, Um, asynchronous versus, it can be synchronous if you're both there at the same time, but it just makes it less like Slack where you're like in there, like, you know, feeling like you have to respond to the ding, ding, ding all the time.
0: Totally. And that, that, that like, now we're, we're back at this sense of, okay, we have the digital world, we have the real world, but we have real work that wants to get done and it's done digitally, right? Yeah. I'll say it again. We have the real world and we have digital world. And then there's and then there's the work that we need to do. That's real work, wor- work real world work. But yes. it happens digitally, and pretty much and, all all work happens digitally. In some in some capacity. And then, but when my video is interacting with you, it's your fucking robot, flesh and blood suit, right? It's you, your eyes, your central nervous system, ancient fucking DNA, who's watching my video or reading Corbett Barr's email or, so it's like there's these dinosaurs we're eventually trying to get to, you know, but we do all this digital work to, to, to get to there. And that digital work is developed entirely by us dinosaurs, like us like meatscapes and like thinking through things, you know? Um, and I love that. I love the creative process that way. Uh, but this, um, I always do that. I always get to get into something and and, and have like a but this. Um, I've noticed that so many the times. The singularity. I in, think you were getting to the singularity. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But um, anyways, the singularity, God, Guru, and Self are one. Uh, namaste. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, we were in we were in email. We were in we were in communication and asynchronous. These, if you work with anybody at all, this sense of time saving. Uh, this sense of working in a – the way that you can get an assistant to work really well or an employee to work really well or a partnership to work really well is like, hey, I'm working on this now and then I do some things and I need some feedback or I need some bits and I can just plop that over to your inbox and then when you're working, then you give me those answers and it's like, oh, China's asleep right now but we're working on the things yeah. that they sent us emails. We had emails from them this morning and then we send them stuff and they work tomorrow uh, – in in, they work in a, in a few hours on the questions that we're sending them end of day our time or whatever, right? Right. Like yeah. that kind of thing is just now we have we, we, we've got we, our technology works in that way. And, it, and it, well, what I'm getting at here is I dislike the the sort of the synchronous, like someone on the other line, sort of you see their little three button, three dots because they're yeah. typing right now, too. And if you're not doing that, then I'm like, where are you? Totally. And all that, again, is just
1: like keeping your attention glued. It's the it's the technology wanting you yeah. to hang out there. Yeah. And it, that doesn't mean that it's the most productive way to get work done.
0: To get real-world work done, right? It's like, yep. so we're back at – What's the real world work? And your answer earlier in why did what did we do? What did, what is this one thing we did well at Fizzle? It was focus on the on the customer and like what are they really trying to do? I mean, basically jobs to be done. If I could get someone to just take in the jobs to be done framework in some piece of media that just solves that problem really well for them or easily. And I think this is yeah. where like our eighty twenty copywriting sketch sheet was just like right. our technological solution to that. You don't need to know any of this shit. Just answer this, these questions and then you're already in the point of view of like, who's the person on the other end that really doesn't give a rip about you yes. at all? Because that is – we want to yeah. talk about common errors that we see digital creators or any kind of creator make. It's just this assumption that people – are going to pay attention to you because you want them to.
1: Right. And, and yeah, so that, that framework or, or even just the five whys is a great yeah. way to force yourself to get to the heart of a problem. It's like, I need to make a video tomorrow. Why? Yeah. Well, peel back and eventually you're going to get to, well, I, you know, I'm trying to solve a problem for someone. And it yeah. at least gets you to think about that person or yep. you know, those people.
0: Totally. Okay. Last, last uh, little quick question here is around uh, essential everyday stuff. Like essential, any, anything that comes to mm. mind that you like have any particular affection for or that you hate, but you use it every day or that you're yeah. looking to upgrade or that you're so glad you did upgrade. Just essential yeah. everyday stuff for you and, and the wife there in your life.
1: Okay. Couple of things. Um, first of all, Jura espresso machine. Really? Has been a game changer for us. It's like <laughs> you turn the thing on, you push a button, and then out comes amazing espresso every uh, time. Yeah. So I'm hitting that thing every morning. Uh, I've also figured out that my best caffeine consumption right now at this point in my life, uh. I've been all over the map before. You and I both were off caffeine for a while. Yep. I don't know what yep. your situation is now. I'm clearly back on it. Um, but. At one point in my life it was like I would hit it from morning till night. Now I've recognized I just need it in the morning. Basically I do one nice big strong double espresso uh-huh. and then I'm good to go. And then that just makes my afternoons uh less crazy, much mm. more I can actually focus. I think I would get like too wound up on yep. caffeine yep. to the point where it was hard to focus and then I would just like want to take a nap. Yeah. So uh Jura yeah. is is pretty awesome for that. Um Let's see, you know, I am on my phone, of course, like everybody else, yeah. um, but I decided to go the route of the the tiny phone this last round, the Whoa. The, the SE, not the, not the mini, but when they came out with that SE version. I don't know anything ass.
0: about this, Corbett. I don't know anything about the tiny phone.
1: Well, I used, I, I just thought like, oh, like, why do we have to have such big phones and stuff? But then it's like the damn screen is so small. I went back the other way and I got the big phone again, just because- really? my old eyes and and the it's just not as a, an immersive experience so you just like a big throbbing
0: way. thing in your hand the bigger the better big the bigger yes the
1: yeah, yeah fleshier <laughs> so <laughs> i uh, also have decided that uh, social media is not a phone activity for me at all uh, uh. i deleted all the social media so any posting that i'm doing you can do from your browser, you know, so you can, you, and yeah. so that makes it more of a work activity for me mm. and not something that I'm like incessantly checking just for, yeah. you know, like yeah. you're smoking a cigarette kind yeah, of habit. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been something for me as well. Mm. Um, aside from that, like, um, Jesslyn and I have, a, I, especially now during COVID where there's no like gyms to go to anything like that. We work out together now. Mm. So, if the weather's decent enough, we go for a run. If it's not good, then we do like an in-app workout. Oh my together god, I love home. that! I love. So we we work out together. We come home uh, and then we meditate together as well. Yeah, and really, and what's your twi- meditation
0: light? Like?
1: Uh, we just use Headspace. The okay. App, like a five-minute. So what like, we get like twenty minutes together. Sick. They, you know they have they have various. Right but, on. Uh, we do that three times three times a week uh, a workout and a meditation to start the morning and so on those days, I don't start working until ten or so okay and uh that's that's like a pretty good way to center together, yeah, and also just and to know, do it, individually to do it together,
0: yeah. you know like that kind of togetherness is like. Is like has always wanted to, to do stuff like that with me but we would be unequally yoked as the Bible calls it and like we'd be like she like let's play tennis <laughs> like I've played tennis yeah. like a lot of my life and she's from totally. Canada she's like learning it but it's like it's that kind of that kind of togetherness activities that we're, we've always really kind of looked for so like this idea well, of just go for it
1: as I've gotten a little older i've slowed down a little bit in running and uh it turns out Jesslyn can run a 9 minute mile i she she didn't start that way but we just kept right working on. on it and she's gotten faster and faster and now it's like a good uh, decent jog and then also pickleball
0: yeah really
1: pickleball is the great equalizer
0: it's like it all about you pickleball. can play
1: if you're amazing you can play really well but like even you know older people and stuff they like we play in Mexico with 80 year olds and yeah. some of them are pretty damn good
0: yeah yeah no, no, no doubt. No, it's like it's, it's so great because the, you've got these athletic bodies and these older people and like it's like something they can, really, they can really do where you're not going to necessarily. You still get a good
1: sweat on. You're still running around. It's super competitive and you can just segment a little bit based on skill level, but it doesn't have to be that crazy. And so. you've got
0: old and young right next to each other, you know, yeah. because it's like I, I think that game is masterful and I still haven't even played it yet. I just I like I like I like Pickleball's brand right now. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I feel. I like Pickleball's <laughs> brand right now, for sure. Um, okay, that was, that was my last question. It's just a question about like coffee, daily energy, exercise, and stuff like that. You know, you're the guy who sent me the uh, lean gains back in the day, five by five, like the idea of, <laughs> yeah. of weightlifting. That yes. really transformed my life for a good chunk there, like seven or eight years ago or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I loved it and it was great. And then I got super depressed and I couldn't get under a squat rack anymore. So I started running again. But like that totally. kind of, that like just, just having the physical exercise thing is something that I think is such a massive hack. Some people really know all about it and maybe they know too yeah. much about it. It's like gym rat kind of, this is my yeah. whole life now. But and other people are, you know, it's it's not very comfortable. It's not necessarily very easy, you know. It's like it's but not. You, and d- it's hard if you hard- die and- a little bit every day. Wim Hof says this: if you die just a little – if you die once every day, you will live so long. Yes, I love Wim, Wim Hof. By the way, I fucking like, love. Him. The more you
1: get into that guy, the more. <laughs> At first, it seems like a little bit like you know, yeah. Yeah. all smoke. But after a while you really get that guy. I traded I, in I a lot of
0: my meditations for, for more, for the, uh, where, uh, the breath work stuff, because I find that in terms of like time spent, it's just, it was so, so productive. It was just like, Oh yeah. So and, and if you
1: do, if you do that heavy Wim Hof breathing before a meditation, yeah, man, oh, it just it. puts you right in the right spot.
0: Well, I've got some chance too, that I should, I'll send you, uh, at some point when you guys want to get it fucking weird. Um, or just a little weird, you're already pretty damn weird, but, um, the I, I like the Wim Hof straight into meditation is just like such a hack. I mean, I I I, I sometimes will just you know I just float off. You just you just like don't stop the timer. You just float off, and like you come to twenty five minutes later, going like, wow, I had no idea. I felt that way about my brother. You know, it's <laughs> like it's completely it's a it's a total trip. It's an absolute totally. trip, and I love that. Me, I, I'm kind of shaped by this idea right now. I think that there's this great book called The, uh, the Body Keeps the Score. And mm. I, I actually really like uh, Peter Levine's – I think he wrote that one too, but the Waking the Tiger. And it's just this metaphor of like, dude, the stuff that we go through that's gnarly in life, we store it in our body and our tissues. Like our our sort of – like it's this whole system thing. It's not like your brain thinks stuff nice. and your body yeah. just lives stuff. And so it's all these practices around uh, around you know, trauma release kind of thing, which is um, just based on the metaphor that you know, this stuff lives in our body. Well, as a, as a longtime meditator – I come to realize, like, oh, that's what we—that's what I've been doing. When you sit and you meditate, and you really get into blissy state, and you really unclench shit, you really mm-hmm. open stuff, and and like and like find find some pleasure in it when when it works well. Of course, the, the rest of the time, it's it's like what time? How much longer do yeah, have to be here? What's totally. going on? Do you know what I mean? Fighting, but fighting, not thinking about what you got to do that day and everything do, else. Do you find yourself getting good, getting better at just what what like I think someone in, like a Ram Dass would call like the bliss sort of stuff in meditation
1: i've gotten better i i would say there have been periods where mentally i would be okay with wandering off during the meditation if if like i had a lot going on that day i would kind of be okay with just putting in the time but still just like yeah really doing the checklist in my head yeah um and now i've gotten better at recognizing that and being able to like let it go because, that. because twenty minutes from now you're gonna be right back to it anyway. So yeah, I I'd say I've gotten better at it. I you know, you read stories about monks, how they can like in in two seconds get yeah, into right. that alpha yeah. state. And um I feel that I have gotten better at it. I'm I'm not good at it, but mm. I have gotten better at it and I, fa- I I just think, like you said, unclenching. And for me it, I, I haven't related it to the body nearly mm. as much, mm. but unclenching the brain yeah. and the and the, the ego. Yeah. You know, and the the worry about like yeah. this and that. That's
0: that's been Well you know happening. what else you know what else goes really good with a meditation is a is a kind of a heavy indica like a little more Mm. of a heavier indica Uh and that that's that like you know being naked in my bedroom with and doing yoga like making up yoga (laughs) like feeling like i'm inventing yoga i'm the first yogi sitting in some cage somewhere oh yeah you mean it was just indica okay got it (laughs) like the the body stuff for me is like it really came in through a lot of those you know mind expansion through chemistry type stuff right where it's like there was a
1: uh you would love this, there was a Terry Gross interview, you know, fresh air on mm. NPR. Mm-hmm. Uh it was the hundredth anniversary of Timothy Leary's birth right. recently. Really? So they played an old interview of uh-huh. her and Timothy Leary really? from like the early eighties. Really. And they played one with her and Ram Dass as well. Right. That on. was really old in the same yeah. episode. And uh, I think it was Ramdas in that episode talking about how yoga was actually invented originally as a warm up for meditation.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so if you're just doing yoga, thinking that you're getting all the benefits, yeah. Yeah. you're not because it's it's really it, totally. there to like and, and and so the Wim Hof breathing is kind of the, almost the same thing. It's like yep. a warm up for the meditation. It's right.
0: It's right. It's because well, and it, because so much of the body stuff starts when, when the mind descends into the body and finds itself there too, that's where you, there's this, the, the, like time and space can get a little funky. Cause you're just, Oh wow. I'm just in the, like I'm all the way down into my feet. I'm all the way. I'm, and, and like a kundalini yoga mantras are these hummed, multi-breath-long mm-hmm. things, like three breaths long. It's like – and it goes up from the bottom of you all the way up to the top. Ik And you chant that out like that for lakar. Soot. Nam city, wah, hey, guru. And what you're doing is each one of those has a different little. It's a different little sound that you're you're try, you're just focusing on resonating it in a specific part of the body. And these are going up the chakra system, just the, the vertical center of the spinal column, right, where all your essential organs are. And it's right? literally resonance. It's it's <laughs> vibrating your body. It's totally true. It's it, it, it. That's why I say resonance resonates because if we can tap into what what. what why is Joe Rogan have like the single largest audience on the face of the planet or whatever it is? Why is it, like because something about that guy and everybody who's tapped into a long enough episode has sensed that, oh wow, I'm in resonance with this conversation. Not mm-hmm. him, just the space. Just the space like like Eckhart Tolle was on uh what was it? Uh Russell Brand and it was mm-hmm. a really good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good conversation. He was just like eh, spaciousness. You can Think of this as spaciousness. Those two
1: couldn't be, like, more different but more similar at the same time. (laughs) Totally,
0: totally. And that, that sense of spaciousness of just, like... I, I really loved his simplicity in it, right here. Okay, so here's Eckhart, who has this massive market, which maybe justifies him as like a as a teacher who has value beyond the fact that yeah, he's just longevity too. He's been at this like he, he hasn't he hasn't ruined his whole platform yet. Like there's there's some and he's I like I like this guy, right? You know, I feel like I'm looking at these gurus or what the. Uh, What's that? What's the Miriam Williamson wrote that that one book? That's a spiritual sort of classic, right? It's it's a it's a big spiritual classic, but I can't remember. It's I haven't like, read it. It's not the Miracle Monday, or I haven't read it either. It's just like the the like the Bible for a lot of people, and she calls these authority figures authority figurines, right? Like so, Ramdas is like an authority figurine to me. And uh-huh. Ramdas's guru, Ninkaroli Baba, was like an authority figurine to him. And we use these You should literally get a tiny little Ramdas figurine. <laughs> to- like a like a bobblehead totally that you just stroke every once in a while. I totally should. Because and you know, like our fathers or our mothers or or, or ourselves or whatever. Like we, we we long for authorities that we can trust in, you know. But uh but these meditative practices and and the the Wim Hof and Prep or whatever, it's just like It's a whole different ball game when you're in there, experience. Like when you when you're focused so much on your own personal experience that the rest of the world and all the shoulds and the oughts and all the I used to and all the what I could be is you're literally just practicing coming right back to here, you know, and into your own just visceral, very visceral and very immediate experience right now. I just feel like it's pruning and it's tuning us up, right? For what? For when I look at a blank page with a blinking cursor. Like how now shall I live? Right. Yes. It's like that's why uh, to me I'm always quite interested in like I love that you, you're you're working out with Jocelyn. You've got the coffee thing. you I like that that uh the, the sort of the big the big jolt of espresso up up front in the day. So it's less caffeine than coffee, right? It's much less. Sure. Yeah. And uh, but you still get a, like, like a, you get the bump. You know what I mean? Get
1: yeah, you get that, that the hippie the hippie speedball and, and get uh,
0: get, <laughs> that get rolling for the is day. Good. That yeah, speedball is good. My favorite, one of my favorite things right now is a like a one to one THC CBD oil, like a mm. oil, and you just use yeah. a little bit. Use a little yep. bit because, dude, to me honestly, I, it has not fully kicked in until like four hours later. Mm-hmm. It's a real trip for me because just a little bit will last a while. And but it, what it is is it's just a gentle, it's a gentle support in there as opposed to where I normally am, where it's like big peaks and spikes, whether it's caffeine or cannabis or whatever, right? And and then you have all those troughs because. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people are out there trying to make their way through the world, and one of the hardest things that has kind of always been one of the hardest things is how do we stay – I don't want to use the word productive – because it kind of puts this box around humans that's like that's what our job is is yeah. our work. It's like no, I want to be productive because I want to build a platform where I want to connect and engage with people and have a vital sustainable relationship yeah. with with my audience.
1: Yeah, you want to be engaged, you want to be inspired, you want yeah. to be you want to be seeking what you only you can be on this planet yeah. and yeah. and trying to trying to you know um Allow for the ultimate creation or expression of yourself,
0: yeah yeah, and that
1: and that, requires, that requires output, if you want to call that productivity, that's fine, but I think when, you, when there's too much focus on productivity and less on ex- just exploring your creativity, but but also realizing that there are boundaries or there are things that you kind of have to convince yourself to show up Mm. and do on a regular basis in order to make progress, whether these, you call them habits or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's important because that's, that's how we, we, we create things and make progress
0: in our lives. Yep. All right, Corbett bar. These are, I mean, I call that the wizarding, right? The wizarding, Right, the wand chooses yeah. you, Harry. But it's like it's I'm wizarding. I am I am coming up with an intention. I am focusing that intention. You know, Napoleon Hill talks about this like cultivating burning desire towards an outcome or whatever. Right, and he also talks about how how powerful a well sexed man is. Right, and this is the time and place that he was writing. <laughs> or, but but he's talking yeah. about sexual in that very explicitly. He's talking about sexually transmuting sexual energy into projects effectively, mm-hmm. which is What has become really literal for like I've just been doing it for long enough. It's like, yeah, this is life force energy that I'm channeling towards these things. And if I'm persistent enough and if the idea is worthy enough and if the world wants it, then there's a chance that we can actually see something get made here. And that's what I did with you, my friend. That's what we did together for a long time. And those waves, we crashed lots of waves on the shore of the, of the internet, you know, which is just a proxy for regular everyday life. And I think in that we actually changed a lot of people's lives. I know that we've heard from so many people, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes, it's, yeah. you know, that, so like, there was, there was something effective. About what we were doing there, and I think there will be there will continue to be lots of effective things about what you do, my friend. So, uh, I you know, reason why Fizzle became such a success is is in large part because we had such a big audience to begin with, which is your audience that you were building when you were blogging. So, Mm I'm I'm like I want I always I just think people like to hear from Corbett Barr. I think he's I think Corbett Barr is very smart and balanced and grounded in a lot of ways, and that what Corbett Barr thinks about. And works out for himself ends up being something that I would have naturally gotten into by myself. And I will do that better if I've taken in the very brief and economic, like, like you, you, you don't waste my time with your words, with the things that you make. It's always worth it. You know, it doesn't cost me a lot that way. And yet. It has this outsized advantage of preparing me for something that I'm likely going to be encountering on my own at some point in the future, right? So, you know, keep resonating, my friend, and keep noticing what, you, what you're resonating with because it's so clear that it's always been working, right? Isn't it cool to look back and go like, wow, holy fuck, Corbett Barr, you've been doing this for a long time, and guess what? They've been paying attention for a long time. There's been a they there. Right, we. There's been a we here. That's the kind of thing that I think a lot of people, if they just felt that, they'd be like, oh, I can die happy. And you've got it in spades, my friend. So thanks for all your work. I'm super grateful for getting to work with you as long as I was able to. Uh, I learned so much working with you. I had so much fun. With you and Jesslyn when we were living in Portland together, please tell Jesslyn that uh, I cannot wait to do more interpretive dancing with her mm. nine-minute mile, uh, like like current athleticism. Yeah. And I will try to keep myself fit and ready because she and I have had some – like just all I can say is magical interpretive, interpretive dancing dance moments. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about the mystical mix. Yeah. <laughs> That was it for me, baby.
1: Well, th- thanks for having me on. I I uh, continue to admire and respect all of the work that you do. So it it means a lot when you uh, reflect on the time that we've had together. I couldn't. And, you know, and what? this is this is just the beginning.
0: I hope. I hope so. Yeah, because I, I I was like really excited. When I was meditating, this like idea came to me and it was just so clear. It was like, oh, fuck, dude, yeah, I'm going to do my first podcast episode with the guy who I spent the last seven years with or whatever, right? It's like, <laughs> doy, right? Especially because he's in the context of doing a, something that I think is just so interesting that a lot of people are, are thinking about and that we all need to have a kind of wisdom about right Mm -hmm. and i think corbett you whether we like it or not i think people are going to associate wisdom with you and always have like your point of view and your perspective and and so like you know does that make you a pass a kind of a pastor i think it might but Mm. you know don't let the label define you my friend i was hoping you were going to say wizard or (laughs) guru or all right what did you think first episode listen I like this episode so much. You may not know how important some of the things we were talking about were while we were talking about them, especially if you work online, especially if you're an independent maker, creator of some kind, if you're a journalist, if you're a writer, if you are someone doing YouTube or Instagram or, or somebody who wants to. So I recorded a whole like explanation, and a deep dive into this. You can get that in the link in the show notes for this episode, okay? Right in your podcast thing. You can just click that and you can get it. It's a little like a upgrade bonus thing for this. Listen, this episode uh, is the beginning of a whole new podcast for me, and I'm so grateful that you're listening. Check out the show notes for links to everything. There's a lot of great recommendations in there, including a link to this song which is one of my new favorite song from an artist called Petey. you got to check up on your buds all right it's so important now more than ever and Petey's all about that seriously you probably love this song you should check him out i'm listening to him on spotify i'm following him on instagram i'll link to him in the show notes so that's episode one thank you for listening Please support our sponsors, westernrise.com slash chase for some innovative clothing. I I wear a lot of their clothes, you guys. And then packedbags.com, code chase10 to get 10% off. All right, that's P-A-K-T bags.com. Shout out to all of you holding it together. Some of, you, some of you saw the Instagram story I posted of my wife and I kind of losing it. <laughs> Follow along at home. Check the show notes. Now we're
1: howling at the moon, hell yeah, we're making lots of noise. You know I hate to say I love you,
0: but there ain't no other choice. Come on!